You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Building a better Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box. A nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pits. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. John, we are moving on to Dogwood. That's right. Um, We, for those of you who are maybe uh, listening to us for the first time, because maybe you're like, oh, Dogwood, that's sick. Um, we are doing a season of skate punk bands from the Christian alternative scene, as the intro indicated. Um, we just finished up Slick Shoes, so you should go back and check those out if you haven't. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to be diving in to Dogwood later in this ep. Uh, their second album, we're actually... This is an abbreviated season, not doing entire discographies of every single band, mm-hmm. trying to hit the hit the big albums, the influential albums. So we're doing through thick and thin today, and that's coming up in a little bit. Um, John, I uh, I saw I saw a music video today. That's true. And I posted it on Facebook. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Brett Domino. I don't think so. Uh he's he hits this sweet spot for me mm-hmm. of like really well produced sort of jams, mm-hmm. but it's like comedy. Right. It's it's it, yeah, it's you know, I don't know. I feel like sometimes there are there uh, people who do these sort of parody videos or something that are a little bit more mean spirited or just making fun of artists. But this guy does his own original songs that are just really, really well done. And he mm-hmm. has this kind of like nerdy persona. Right. But he writes these absolute bangers. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out when I was watching it if it was the same guy that you had shown me before, which I don't think it was, but it was like similar vibes. I don't even remember what you showed me. He was like in the kitchen of a restaurant in that video. Oh no, that that's a, that's hot dad. Okay, right. <laughs> kind of, not, not that different from each other, right? No, definitely. No, uh, hot dad is, <laughs> is um, more on the chaotic side of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I felt like I want to just play a little bit of the song called The Pub, which is mm-hmm. going to get into what we're going to talk about here in a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so into this. I want to go to the pub with you. And <laughs> this thing has flown over. Go to the pub with you. Oh, my own is fine. I want to go to the pub because the pub is where I want to be. And if you want to come, that's great. But I'd be fine if it was just me, honestly. 
It's on the puppet I'm most keen. Uh, so everybody should go look up uh, Brett Domino, his song mm. "The Pub." I just this just like the pub. He's yeah, everything. The everything in in a lot of a lot of his songs are just so British and so uh-huh. very uh, UK. Uh-huh. But I don't I don't care. They're just it's it's wonderful. And the whole the whole uh, thrust of the song is like how desperately. He's like, I just want to go to a place that serves alcohol. It's just like, if I'm by myself, fine. <laughs> That's fine. If, I, if yeah. I'm with friends, if I'm with somebody else's friends, if I <laughs> if I'm just there using the Wi-Fi, I just want to be out <laughs> doing something anywhere. And it's, uh, it's on the pub that he's most keen. Yeah, it's on the pub that the pub. Uh, so I have a Black Stack local seven five five IPA. Mm. This is my local pub. It's not, a, it's not a pub. It's a brewery uh, with a just wonderful uh, place to go and snag some beers. They have shelves and shelves of games that people can come in and play. They have trivia nights. They have Can Can Wonderland, the mm. golf course and arcade right next looks- door so cool i've never been there but it always looks uh, so it's, cool it's so fun and yeah. you know that's one of those things where now you're like going to a bar and like playing games that like hundreds of other people have like touched <laughs> yeah, it's like right right are we doing this again or i don't know but i uh i am i'm cracking open oh jesus christ <laughs> i always forget that these crowlers are filled very high did it, is your computer okay? My computer is okay, but I just got... <laughs> my computer is elevated this time. Uh, yes, good call. Well, <laughs> But I did spill... I Yeah, I always remember that they, they fill these crowlers like to the top to make right. sure there's like as little air in there as possible. Yeah. Um, so while I'm uh, wiping my hands down <laughs> from all this beer, John, what, are you, what mm. do you got over there? Uh, I got a little bit of a hashtag weird beer. Um, I have a pair of pears uh, from Pipeworks Brewing in Chicago. It is an ale with oats, rye malt, pears, and cinnamon. That is a weird beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tasty. It's kind of sour adjacent. Um, well, yeah, the um, the inclusion of fruit. Right. Um, Typically for me, like it's like you're getting a little something. Spe- Ooh, there you go. Um, what's uh? You said it was rye. Yeah. Okay. So a little is is I don't have too many rye beers. Does does rye function in the same way in beer that it does in in whiskey? Does it have a little bit more of a a spice to it than? I feel than- like yes. Uh, okay. Rye malt. Yeah. Let, I would let's. Think so. Let's go with yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Cricks for uh, beer, yes. folks. Um, but yeah, and cheers, man. Cheers. I'm making a mess everywhere over here. <laughs> but oh man, someday cheers. be in the pub. Be in the pub with you. Oh man, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh man. So something else, John. I wanted to bring up quickly. This is this we have this is this might be a first Magpod mm. history first. Um 
I have an update on mm. a game that we played. Uh. And I don't know I don't know if you have seen any news recently. Hmm. But about uh, rotations or frequencies? No, this is uh Don't wake daddy. Uh our boy Edward Munch. <laughs> He is our boy. He is our boy. <laughs> he he's in the news recently because evidently years ago there uh, was this scribbling that was noted on the top left corner of the screen, hmm. and people had in the time because they this painting. <laughs> though iconic now was rather controversial um thought that somebody it was a, a marking of a disgruntled art lover or something that they scrawled on there that said could only have been painted by a madman and up until recently they they just assumed it was a someone was essentially graffiti, but mm-hmm. now they think it might have been Munch himself. Mm. Who wrote Classic it. Munch. <laughs> Classic. You got munched. <laughs> you just you just got munched. <laughs> it's our this is a new our new segment. We're a drive time radio show now. <laughs> hey, this is Andrew John Call from Magnified Pod. You just got munched. <laughs> you just got munched. <laughs> dear, 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 dear. <laughs> Um, that's interesting. So maybe when the guy who stole it wrote, thanks for the lack of security or whatever, he was just being cheeky on the level that Munch was originally. He was just vibing <laughs> with the screen. That's true. There, I mean, there's so many layers to this painting. <laughs> yeah. It has such an interesting history and it's actually, there is going to be a new exhibit mm. that I read um with this this painting or with maybe with munch's some of his stuff so in norway uh yes i Should believe we go do a uh black metal season and go to norway 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. yeah so for all you all you munch heads out there um keep <laughs> keeping up on the the worldwide munch Mm-hmm. I don't know. Keep on munching. Keep on keep on munching, baby. <laughs> uh, and one other little bit of, I don't know. Maybe this is we we should consider this a correction corner. Mm. Um, we want also wanted to shout out uh, Heath Ripplinger. Um, because we failed to indicate or mention him in the role that he played on the Slick Shoes album Rotations and Frequency mm-hmm. because uh, he mixed it. Yeah. Um, and I think we pretty much exclusively gave the credit to Steve Kravak, but mm-hmm. um, while Steve might have been the maybe the engineer and producer um, Heath Ripplinger was uh, the one who ultimately got the mix out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we just wanted to make, make that known. 
Yeah. Shout out to Heath. He uh, he crushed it. Yeah, I did. Cheers to you, buddy. Cheers. Good album. Great album. <laughs> Great album. How dare you, John? Um, yes. Uh, anything else going on in your world, John, that we should talk about before we get some voicemails? I don't think so, man. This is going to be... This is new territory for me. Yeah. Uh, heading into Dogwood. I know next to nothing about them and some spicy takes are coming. Mm. Um, mm. We have a, a guest joining us uh, to unpack some some Dogwood with us, uh, producer Jason. So yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting discussion. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's... It, it's a different a different style of Christian band than we've covered yeah. so far in ways that ways that Slick Shoes was very overt in a lot of their Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dogwood has sort of like dialed it up even more. Yes. And that's that's kind of more of what we're going to be seeing this season. Yeah. And it, to, it, to, you know, more or less, you know, not all the bands are going to be as explicit always, but uh, I, this is an interesting first album, I think <laughs> that, because I think, I feel like it stands out among yeah. all of the records that we've covered. Yes. In uh, almost three years on the pod. We're going from covering one of my favorite albums we've ever covered on the podcast last week to probably my least favorite <laughs> this week. Uh, that's all I'll say for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as we dive further into these bands that I wasn't as familiar with, as I'm listening to a lot of lyrics, I'm like, I think this is why I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't into a lot of these bands because mm. the super explicit uh, Christian elements to a lot of the lyrics are kind of bumming me out occasionally, but anyway, I, I am excited to dive further into them. There are records that I enjoy of theirs much more than the one we're covering today. Uh, there are that also songs the on this album that I do really like. So anyway, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, why don't we do some voicemails? We Let's have a, we have a voicemail number. Mm. Um, what is it? Eight seven two seven six two four seven six three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got our boy, Danny Stairs. Heard of him. Hey, what's up, guys? Your boy, Danny Stairs, again, calling in in regards to the game. Um, I just want to give Andrew mad props. Uh, he throws out these movie questions to John Potter, who's a known cinephile. Every time he says, every time, Andrew, you say the name of a movie, I just expect John to be like, oh, I have it on DVD. <laughs> and, and yet you still come up with ones that he's never heard of and you, you trick him every time. So I just got to say, Andrew, uh, you're doing a great job with these games. You're really kicking ass. And no matter what Mickey says about how poorly you run them, uh, I think you're doing great. Backpop for life. Um, I co-signed the statement. I think you're an excellent game master. Um, hmm. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I I humbly accept that. <laughs> this new title that I've been that's been bestowed upon me. Game master. Game master. Um, you know, in my defense, we're covering a lot of uh, B movies <laughs> in these games, <laughs> so perhaps not the 
top of the head for every cinephile, but this is a trap. Just like when I said, I love comic books and uh, <laughs> that quiz. If I'm like, I'm a huge cinephile. If you throw out some legit movies, I'll probably not know what those are either. So yeah, next, next game we're going to do is, is only going to be the cream of the crop. Right. You know, uh, Ingmar Bergman exclusively or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm only going to, I see. Here's the thing. I don't even have a, I don't even have a famous director uh, to pull out of my hat. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, what's the, what's the golden hour guy? Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, well you're a big Malick head. So yep. Yep. I'll pull, I'll pull out some deep cut Malick questions. Oh yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most boring game anybody's ever listened to. <laughs> oh man, I think it sounds wonderful. Please find a way to relate it to Dogwood in some way. Okay, okay, fine. Um, building a better Malik. <laughs> building. Okay, fair. Um, so, uh, kind of people. People may not know if you're not following us on Twitter, which is why I encourage people to follow us on all the socials because you get different content on different socials. Um, Mickey and Danny uh, were <laughs> there was some controversy as we discussed in a previous episode about uh, Mickey taking issue with how I phrased a question to John and I confused John or whatever. And so Danny's just taken taking some shots, <laughs> some shots at Mickey there. Yes, which, which I appreciate my boy. Uh, Danny stairs stand up for me. Appreciate that. Um our boy Jared, mm-hmm. who he sent us, he sent us an email, uh, and this is some content that we're going to be covering a little later in this episode. Hey guys, what's up? It's Jared Cranwit from Destin, Florida. I've uh, been listening for a while, and I really dig what you guys do. Uh, when I was finishing listening to the last episode that you did with Slickshoes, I noticed that you all were going into Dogwood. And uh, not to get ahead of ourselves or, or discuss too much of what I think you all may get into, but if we're talking about cringy abortion songs, we should probably <laughs> pay close attention to a Dogwood song called In the Line of Fire, where they mm-hmm. actually write a song and uh, have the audacity to write the song from the viewpoint of an aborted fetus. <laughs> um, I look forward to hearing to what you guys have to say about that, but also just to take that just a little one step in the Christian evangelical world cringier. Uh, When I was a young kid, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, and I went to a megachurch, which was called Anchorage Baptist Temple. This is probably 35 years ago, so um, the the concept of a megachurch was was pretty new, especially one in Alaska. But there was a character that would come around who some people here may be familiar with called Lil Marky. Lil Marky (laughs) was probably a upper 30s, lower 40s, middle-aged, chubby man with blonde, jerry-curled hair who would go and <laughs> preach, but then he would also go talk to the children, but when he did so, he would adopt this very high-pitched voice and would go into the character called Lil Marky. Now, Lil Marky took the abortion songs even a step further and wrote a song called Why Did You Kill Me, Mommy? If you're looking for <laughs> ultimate Christian cringe, uh. I, I challenge you all to check out that song and uh, just the, the whole story of Lil Marky in general. Uh, definitely dig what you guys uh, do. Loved all the five iron stuff and look forward to hearing the rest of the stuff you all are doing with season three. And skate punk, uh, Magnapod, Magnapod 5. I did it. I did what Reese did. Magpod for life. Thanks, guys. 
Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Jared. Um, yes. These yeah. uh, <laughs> these these songs and videos are tough. <laughs> so you were not familiar with Lil Marky? No, I was not until he sent this email. He sent a follow up to this to this voicemail and email with some links <laughs> to somehow. Uh, yeah, this is one of the few sort of Christian properties that. I know about and you don't. I don't think I we were we were texting a little bit about this. I don't think I grew up on him or anything, but I think I saw him on some like can you believe this thing on the internet like 10 years ago? And uh This I mean, sounds like this sounds like something that would have been on uh everything is terrible. Like that. Right, right, Do you, right. Know, you know that that yes. site? <laughs> yeah, it was that that age of of, of websites for sure. But yeah. um I mean, should we hear some little marky or should we save that for later? Um <laughs> I think we should absolutely hear some Little Marky. Okay. Now, I was saying Little Marky rip off of of Howie Mandel's uh, Bobby bit. Yes, Bobby's world. This is just Bobby's world times the evangelical scene. Um, This one is called um, Diary of an Unborn Child. October 2nd. Today, my life began. My parents do not know it yet. I am as small as the pollen of a flower. But it is I already. I will be a boy. I will have blonde hair and blue eyes. Nearly everything is settled already. October 19th. I have grown a little, but I am still too small to do anything by myself. My mother does everything for me. Uh, this particular video, uh, whoever put this together, it has uh. a picture of Jesus in the clouds crying and saying, why <laughs> my heart aches oh. for all of you. Oh, little Marky. I can't, I can't listen to any more, uh, oh, man. any more than that. But you know, this, those... is, this is <laughs> evidently a, a, something that has been going around, um, since like the seventies mm. and he just put his own little Marky <laughs> spin on it. Okay. And, uh, I don't know why it, it, it sort of makes it seem like a joke it sure does. rather than a serious discussion <laughs> or serious position. It just sounds like parody to me. That makes it even funnier because he thinks he's doing like <laughs> a voice that kids, little kids will be into or something. Um, get him on the pod. I'm on his LinkedIn page right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and contact him. Come on the pod. <laughs> What's uh, what is, what does his LinkedIn say? He does. He's a, uh... he's a speaker director in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Hmm. Um, the picture obscures most of his face. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, he's got a mustache these days. No more mullet. No more curly mullet. Well, I can't tell. He's obscured. Uh, mm. Perhaps there's a mullet flowing there somewhere. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> truly fascinating uh, piece of. Uh, Although she still does not know that she is carrying me under her heart. That's pretty good. <laughs> I can't um, I can't imagine doing this. 
Cause, but he also sings like this. Yeah, he does. Oh, he sure does. Oh, man. What a guy. <laughs> um, there are these billboards in like northern Minnesota. I don't know if you've seen these that say, smile, your mom was pro-life. Yeah. Uh, that just yeah. enraged me. And little Marky seems like he should be part of that whole <laughs> messaging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> So more more of that probably discussion to come <laughs> yes, later. Yes. Um, I also so we got a voicemail, John, from mm. this guy named TK. Okay, and unfortunately, I don't know if he he's calling from the same phone that Danny Stairs uses, <laughs> but it like cuts out a mm. significant amount. So uh, I was trying to find TK on social media or something uh to see if i could send him a message but like tk if you're listening we got your voicemail but it uh was impossible to understand it would cut out a lot so uh give us a call back we want to we want to hear what you had to say but i didn't want to just ignore it and uh let it go by so mm-hmm. um i know that the uh you know, when you when you leave a voicemail, you just have to assume everything's fine. Right. But, you know, uh, you can also people are, you know, I've said this before and you got mad at me, but I'm just going to say you could leave a voice memo and email it to us if you wanted just to be totally safe. But we have a voicemail line. Let's use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it was one of the the many things that uh, did I did I <laughs> say I was going to quit the pod after that too <laughs> yeah, or something? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of, uh, threatening to quit the pod, I did that <laughs> earlier this week when we guested on the Exvangelical pod. Mm. So, um, keep your we, eyes peeled for that. Keep your eyes peeled. It was a good conversation. It was. Hung out with, hung out with, uh, our boy Blake Chastain, uh, past and future guest mm, i think so I, I don't know we'll see if he's we, made it clear he has no uh <laughs> knowledge no, of any skate punk no skate punk uh, knowledge so. but if we end up hitting up that uh the indie the indie season yeah man you know talk a little uh talk a little davy b talk a little he's a bazan boy like me <laughs> talk a little <laughs> pedro the l you know one of those that's right p the lion p the lion <laughs> i don't know we'll call i, I don't know davy b <laughs> yeah sure um anyway uh thank you for those voicemails we oh you know what actually we do need to we do need to hear this one last one from danny stairs (laughs) he uh he said leave before everything and after alone (laughs) throwing jen under the bus throwing throwing jen mickey under the bus yep yep this everybody everybody is getting bus tossed by danny stairs this week but this Uh, is sort of the uh yeah the leave britney alone Right, right. From like, Which, hey, that guy turned out to be pretty much right. So, um, one billion percent. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we know? Actually, are we are we uh, aware of that individual's pronouns, John? I don't know if we can. Uh, no, I safe, do not. Let's safely assume. Um, but whoever they are, uh, have you have you seen the Britney documentary? Uh, Jenny watched it, and I watched some of it enough to make me angry. <laughs> yeah, you know, I um. I, 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 I've thought about it's on HBO, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Man, 
I Something just, like that. do I need to get another streaming service? God damn it. You know, it's just like, there's certain things that I see that are coming out and I'm like, oh, it looks sick. Oh, of course it's on HBO. And you can um, use my friend's login that I use. <laughs> John, you're going to get us in trouble with uh, HBO. We with know, big you, HBO. With big HBO. You know they were the they, ones who were like, we don't really mind. We know that people share. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I feel less bad about that one. Okay, good. Well, yeah, the only... The, I would, it's on Hulu, by the way. Oh, it's on Hulu. Oh shit! Yes. Well, then I have that. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I remember some years ago, uh, Craig Ferguson did this this monologue about uh, how he wasn't going to make fun of Britney Spears that yes. week when she shaved her head, and it, I think after this came out this documentary came out that resurfaced and people started right. sharing it again, but I, I think always, it's in the, in the documentary. Too. Oh, is it, is it? I believe okay. so. Yeah. I remember that at the time and just feeling that that was so powerful and unique for, mm-hmm. uh, for a stand up and a talk show host. When, when you felt, I feel like, you know, there were certain talk show hosts that, it didn't matter what was going on. Like nothing was sacred. Everything was fair game. And sometimes to me, that's just like, I don't like punching down, you know? Right. Yeah. And I felt like that was so much of what the, even up through the two thousands, um, you know, Jay Leno was like among the, among the worst. Yeah. Um, like how many Monica Lewinsky jokes right, right, right. were told in the nineties. Um, and I, I, I have nothing but admiration for her now and what she's been able to come through and yeah. she's been able to make it through that level of abuse and public shaming and slut shaming and everything. Um, but yeah, when, when Brittany was going through what she was going through and she shaved her head and everybody was making fun of her. And Craig Ferguson talked about how he was celebrating a sobriety anniversary. And he'd like told this extremely personal story about his sobriety and his, his hitting rock bottom. And um, it was just a, such an honest moment in television mm-hmm. that I, I, I don't think I had seen before. Yeah. And it just it has always stood out to me as something really empathetic. The the, the empathy that was there, mm-hmm. and th- is rarely seen in those those sorts of circumstances where it's just it's much easier to um, he pr- he could have just as easily been made some joke ripping on her than moving on, right? But. He didn't. Yeah. He was also one of those people who put the typical sort of like talk show bullet points aside in favor of actually like connecting with people and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Seems like a good dude. Uh, yes. I remember that moment and feeling like it was uh, particularly fucked that we were as a society like laughing at this woman who clearly, um, you know, was like reaping what we had sowed as a society of like tearing her down. Yeah. Just all very sad. Um, yeah. I do want to say Chris Crocker, the leave Britney Spears alone, <laughs> leave Britney alone. Okay. Uh, guy does go by he, him. So okay. I was correct there. He, okay. these days is, uh, 
a blogger, a songwriter, a recording artist, and a pornographic film actor. So, you know. Oh, cool. 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 Get him on the pod. Get him on the, get him on the pod. <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he presents himself as an openly gay man who grew up in a small-minded town in the Bible Belt. So, you know, maybe he's got some, some dogwood opinions. Get him on the pod. Get him on the pod. Uh, Chris Crocker. Um, anyway, so moving from, from that, uh-huh. um, send us all of your, um, Britney Spears thoughts. Hmm. That's our fourth season. Hey, you know, speaking of Britney Spears, yeah. we covered another, uh, young woman pop star on mm. the Patreon last week Yeah, we when did. we covered, uh, Mandy Moore's candy, yeah, we uh, did. covered by slick shoes. All right. Calm down over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, Her love is as sweet as candy, John. And she, uh, I think she had a kid this week. Oh, um, did she? So congratulations to her. Um, and I think she released a new song even or something. So, you know, she got the Magpod bump. She heard we were <laughs> covering her on the Patreon. She decided to have her kid and released some music. So congrats to Mandy. Congrats, Mandy. And her husband, whose name I don't know. Yeah. Um, all I know is it's not Ryan Adams, that piece mm. of piece of trash. Very true. Uh, Taylor Goldsmith. Yeah. There you um, go. I I love I love seeing. I don't this. I don't know. Is this a weird thing to say? I don't know. I don't think it's a weird thing to say. But uh, when people come out of shitty situations and yeah. are able to kind of persevere and make it through and like, and she just, and like now she's in love and married and acting and making music again, haven't had a baby. Like that's great. That's I'm, I'm, I love that. I love hearing that. That makes me happy for her. Yes. Good job, Andy. Good job. May you Uh, tool around town on your VW bug (laughs) to your heart's desire in perpetuity. Yes. Um, all right. Well, if we don't have anything else to discuss <laughs> in terms of late 90s, early 2000s pop stars or mm. uh, anything like that, John, I have a question for you. Mm. Tell me. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> yes, Game Master. <laughs> that is uh, correct. I humble myself before the rules <laughs> of your noble game. <laughs> All right, let me pull up this week's game. Um, Should so, I close my eyes? No, no not yet. Um, so this week we're going to be we're covering Dogwood, mm. a San Diego band mm-hmm. that got them San Diego roots. Mm. We're on a San Diego based <laughs> label uh-huh. with other big San Diego acts. Um, so. I'm calling this game San Diego, which of which course means. in German means open up that fucking pit. Perfect. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you five questions mm. about San Diego. Okay. And are you, have you ever been to San Diego, John? Never Cal- have. Never been a California boy? I've been to California uh, several times. Never to San Diego. Shout out to Tyler Day, a friend of the pod, Patreon Punk. He is from San Diego and lives there now. So I hope to visit sometime in the near future. I actually think he's from Escondido, which is where Dogwood is from. So 
Yes. So this is a thing I learned in researching this quiz. Uh, lots of places. So San Diego County encompasses a lot of different kind of like. Right. Sandy. It's not just San Diego. There's San Diego County that takes there's a lot of other area cities in that in that county. So uh, it's it's California is a wild state, man. <laughs> it is is a big state. It's true. It's, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there. But anyway, have you been to San Diego? I have. It's been it's it's been, <laughs> it's, been. It, it's been at least sixteen years. Okay. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice work. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The San Diego Comic Con I logo mm. is now seen as an iconic and is is as iconic and very recognizable. What was the logo before the 1995 change? Hmm. Was it A, the toucan wearing a tie? Hilarious. Was it B, San Diego Comic-Con written in Comic Sans? Was it C, a caped superhero holding a comic book? Or is it D, a grizzly bear in 3D glasses? Hmm. All plausible. Toucan wearing a tie sounds silly. You've never been to... um, You've never been to San Diego, but have you ever been to any Comic Con? I'm, I'm I'm assuming you're familiar with the the I logo. I am. Yes, I have been to comic conventions. I've never been to Comic Con proper. I would like to someday. Um, these all sound plausible. Um, I'm going with the most obvious one, which probably means I'm wrong, but. Were I to be designing a Comic-Con logo, I would do a caped superhero holding a comic book. The caped superhero, you believe, is the pre-I logo. Yes. Uh, John, that is incorrect. Boo. Boo. Um, the correct answer is the toucan uh, wearing toucan. a tie. He's yeah. so funny. I should have listened to him. Um, What's that guy he- getting up to? He thinks he's people? <laughs> That's that's actually that's actually what I learned was that the the guy who did the drawing of the the artwork for the toucan who is still very much that logo is still very much a part of the San Diego Comic Con oh, okay uh, uh, imagery you'll you still see him in in a lot of their media but the the he drew it because he thought it was funny of to see animals wearing clothes <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> Um, some there's sometimes you'll see him wearing a bow tie and like what yeah. looks like a trench coat of some, right, or something. Right. I'm but looking like, at him now and he looks familiar. When the uh, when the 1995 logo was introduced, there was this one where his back was sort of to the eye logo, where it looked like mm. he was sort of giving him side eye, like he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't happy that he was being replaced. Yeah, I say keep the toucan. <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. So question two. Hmm. Uh, the San Diego Zoo in Balboa Park is home to over 3,500 animals and more than 800 species and subspecies. Animals aside, this zoo is noteworthy for a number of other reasons. Which of these is not true about the San Diego Zoo? Hmm. A. The first ever YouTube video was shot at the zoo. Hmm. B. Tracy Morgan said in an interview that he based his character of Brian Fellow from Bi- Brian Fellow's Safari Planet on a zoo intern who was shadowing a tour guide and commented on all the animal facts by saying, 
That's crazy. That sounds crazy. <laughs> Next week, my guest will be a potbelly pig. <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm Brian Frollo. <laughs> um, see, uh, the iconic cover of the Beach Boys album, Pet Sounds, is at the zoo. Uh, and going back to uh, the the opening, uh, D, the San Diego Zoo is featured prominently in the movie Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, but the filming was actually done at the Los Angeles Zoo. Hmm. Panda Watch. Uh, <laughs> also from that movie. Yes. Um, you know, these are all good pieces of trivia. I don't know if any of them are true or not. One of um, One of them is not. <laughs> That's the whole. Right. That's the. <laughs> that is the. Do we need to break this down again, Mickey? I'm just listen, saying. listen. I'm trying to explain to John how this works. I'm just saying they all. They all. I will be pleased to now know uh, that three of these are, are true pieces of trivia I can have in my back pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that D. San Diego Zoo and Anchorman was actually the Los Angeles Zoo. Is is my answer? You think that that is not true yes you think the other ones are true right okay <laughs> this is getting i just more confusing. i just want <laughs> i just want to make sure because john you are wrong mm-hmm. um i made up the brian fellows safari planet one. Oh, that's good yeah i guess why would he be in san diego maybe i don't know but don't, why 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 would they go i guess san diego is not that far from la but like why not why why go all the way there to shoot that I don't know. They had the reasons. They it was uh who I who knows? Who knows why why they would have done that? I um I I uh, have you seen the first YouTube video um, oh. at the San Diego Zoo? It's oh. 18 seconds long. Uh it's the founder of YouTube, one of the founders of YouTube standing in front of elephants okay. um gesturing to them and talking about their trunks. That sounds vaguely familiar. It's boring. It's it's <laughs> it's it's how far we've come right, right. in YouTube. From he doesn't him. like have an epic fail while he does it or anything. No, he's he just says basically what's interesting about elephants is they have long trunks. <laughs> uh, That's <so>. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brian Fellow. <laughs> oh okay. boy. All right. Oh for two, not, John. Not doing well. No. Not no. doing not, not doing well. <clears throat> come on. Um this is about music, though, John. Maybe you got this. Many legendary musicians and bands have come out of San Diego. Which of these artists is not affiliated with San Diego? A. Eddie Vedder. B. Tom Waits. C. Jewel. Or D. The Bouncing Souls. And to clarify, uh, I'm not saying that all of these people were born in San Diego. Right. I'm just saying that they have roots, deep roots in San Diego. Sure. Yeah. And I feel like you're, you're trying to trick me with some of these because all these people are not associated with San Diego. Mm. Eddie Vedder famously from Chicago and then Seattle. Evanston, actually. Evanston. Uh, Jewel famously in Alaskan. Bouncing Souls famously New Jerseyites. Tom Waits, as we've uh, discussed, you know, he bounces around, but he's not, not doing his main hangs in San Diego. Um, boy. Uh, I I don't. Well, shoot, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe that uh, that Jewel has anything to do with San Diego. I'm sorry, John. That's wrong. incorrect. Mm-hmm. Is it Tom she, Waits. 
no, it's uh, the Bouncing Souls. You're right. They're, right. They're, they're, straight, they're straight Jersey, bro. They are yeah. straight Jersey. Nothing to do. But um, Eddie Vedder, he, so he moved to San Diego and was living in San Diego um, and playing in some bands there before he was, um, I believe he was scooped up or was um, before he started doing Pearl Jam. But like he his like, he was that was like his music scene before he was right. doing anything with Pearl Jam. Um, Jewel was discovered ostensibly uh, in San Diego. In San Diego. Okay. She was working at a, um, I think she was working at a coffee shop. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Tom Living Waits in her car was, or whatever. Tom Waits was doing like a lot of songwriting and poetry stuff in yeah. in San Diego as well. All right. Um, well, yeah. that was a good one. It kind of see, you know, pop punk band. Seems yes. like there might be a San Diego connection there. So, yeah. Um, nope. Uh, uh, moving on. San Diego County has a variety of unique attractions for visitors of all ages. Which of these attractions did I make up? A. Whack wax. Rejected wax celebrity sculptures displayed for public mockery. B. Potato chip rock. A very thin rock formation that requires an eight-mile hike that people wait in line to stand on. C. The Whaley House. Said to be the most haunted place in America. Or D. The world's largest lemon. A 3,000-pound, 10-foot-by-6-foot lemon statue. Hmm... Uh, I've always been intrigued by the Whaley House. Mm, so you're um, familiar with the Whaley House, you're saying? I am. Not familiar enough to be 100% confident it's in San Diego, but I, I believe that to be true. You think you think I would be, I'd be that, uh, <laughs> I'd be that shitty? Where it's, it's in like... Southern California somewhere, <laughs> I know that. Um, world's largest lemon seems plausible, potato chip rock seems plausible. You know, I'm going to go whack wax. That is fake. John, that is you're correct. All right, finally. I did make up. I did make up whack wax. <laughs> Sounds great though. Um, yeah, I kind of based this off of uh, a bit from Parks and Rec, where uh, <laughs> Leslie talks about you know rejected wax sculptures right. from Matt Dussauds. <laughs> uh, but those uh, I've seen. I mean that Matt Dussauds is is a it's it's all around the world. They have yeah places all and there there have been some controversies mm. their uh their beyonce one that they did right they like were complaining or not complaining that's not the right word critics were saying that she was a little whitewashed mm. that they made her not as black as she actually is um mm-hmm. and there's some if <laughs> there's some really uh bad Madame Tussauds fails. So, yeah. uh, not as bad as whack wax, presumably. No. Um, would you, would you go to potato chip rock, John? Would you <laughs> hike eight miles and wait in a line of a hundred people to stand on a rock formation that just looks kind of thin? You know, <laughs> like... it doesn't sound immediately like something I want to do from the description. <laughs> But a thin rock formation apart from the potato chip thing could be cool. I don't know. I got to see some pictures. Maybe it'd be neat. 
I mean, it's it looks like you're you're standing on a on a, a rock that it's not it's not like high up in the air. You're not like standing on a cliff edge or something. So it's not like immediately dangerous. It's just thin, and you're like, "Oh, this looks like it could break," but I'm standing on it. Yeah, and that's a pass for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I have a little bit of a heights issue. Um, so I'm gonna say no to potato chip yeah. rock. Sorry. Yeah, I would I would uh I'd be more interested in hitting up a uh, Whaley House. Yeah, man, get some spooky shit going. Get some spooky shit. All right, John, we have one more question. Okay, hit me. Um, all I'm right. on a hot hand. Uh, this this question we're going a little different this this season. I'm trying some different formats. Mm. Last last week I did a uh, true or false. Yes. This one's a little is going to be a little different than that too. A San Diego man had his wallet returned to him after losing it in Antarctica 53 years ago when he was on assignment as a Navy meteorologist. Paul Grisham now 50, now 91 had forgotten all about it but finally has it back in his possession with all the original items still inside. Mm. See if you can name at least two of the six items that were in his wallet. Okay. This is a little bit like, uh, have you heard of the game Crack the Case? (laughs) Um, No, I haven't. Basically like mysteries that you have to figure out how things happened this would be kind of a lame entry in that just because it's nobody getting <laughs> murdered or anything but it's not dissimilar in that you kind of have to like piece it together it's just a it's just an you know a, a, a 91 year old man getting his wallet back that's <laughs> the stakes the stakes are not nearly as high you still have to be like hmm, antarctica san diego 91 no 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 um <laughs> So he's probably got a photo of his family in there. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you um I'm gonna give you five okay. guesses and see if okay. you can get two two out of those five guesses. Sure. So maybe I'll increase my ads. A photo of his wife, a photo of his kids. Um Are those two but- separate guesses? Yes, and then a third that he's got a photo of his family. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to cover all my bases. No, I'll go one answer: family photo. Whether okay. it's wife or child, it counts. Okay, we'll go. That's what okay, I'm that's declaring. Good. That's fair. <laughs> uh, business card. Did they have those then? They probably did. Business card. Okay. Um, what else you got in there? Cash. Do I have to say like the exact amount? No. He's got some. He's got some dollar bills in there. Um, he's got. What's, uh, what's what do you have? Let me let me ask you a question that Samuel uh, Jackson would ask. What's uh, in your wallet, John? What is in my wallet? I mean, credit cards. But this was a long time ago, right? This yes, this was. So this I don't know fi- about credit cards. I don't think credit cards. Uh, credit cards and cash, gift cards. I don't think he had any gift cards. He's got he's got a he's got a <laughs> gift card to Best Buy. <laughs> the Antarctic Best Buy. <laughs> um probably not like a condom that doesn't work anymore. That's probably not this guy's vibe. Um boy. Uh what what am I at? Four? Well you had family, uh cash business and, card. And business card. He's probably got it like a post-it in there with like some stuff written on it. Maybe like some directions or something. Okay. 
and he's got uh, you know um, a, a a key, an extra key. Okay. Um, John, you have zero. <laughs> what? Come on, man. Are there some penguins in there? No, John. How about how about a driver's license? Oh, that that's important. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the central piece of the wallet experience. Um, so driver's license. He yeah. also had a Navy ID card. Sure, right. I yeah. threw out that uh that he yeah, was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. See um, crack the case stuff right there. Um this this is very specific to this era. Um, mm. a pocket reference card on what to do during atomic, biological, and <laughs> chemical attack. <laughs> wow. That's a bummer. Yes. Um this to me is the most interesting a beer ration punch card fascinating i for like the naval base or something i guess so there he was he was there i think for a year and a half okay. so i gotta imagine that you're just like i gotta have a beer and they're like all right all right you know let's see that Here's let's see that one. ration punch card yeah you know um that sucks and then uh a tax withholding statement. Okay. And then receipts for money orders sent to his wife. Okay. No photo of his wife, though. No photos. Um, mm. But so. Well, well, that's a fail for me. Sorry, John. Um, Boy, driver's license, not 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 my best. No, I. Uh, you know, I tried to tried to give you. you tried to help me. I tried to help you with the Samuel ja- Samuel L. Jackson there. Um, yeah. Oh well, one for five. Yeah. One of my worst showings yet. <laughs> but you know, I had yeah. fun. Yes. Um, yeah. This. Uh, this was. You know, these are some. You know, specific deep cuts here. But you know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, um, San Diego sounds like a great place. I. Um, one of these days, when we do, um, when everything in the world and where is open back up and we can we can go to the pub, mm-hmm. um, wouldn't mind hitting up a place like San Diego, yeah, do, a mag, do a Magpod meetup somewhere. That's right, Stone see, Brewing out there. Yeah, go hit up, go hit up the the brewery situation out there. Magpod meetup in in Southern California. Hit a chip. Hit the. We can all do. We can all do. We'll do a Magpod meetup at Potato Chip Rock. We'll all hike eight miles. We'll take a <laughs> take a group photo on Potato Chip Rock. Mm, sounds um, wonderful. Hit up a hit up the Whaley House. It's yeah, good. That sounds good to me. Um. Yeah. All right. Should take a break and come back with some dogwood. Oh yeah, we should. Hey guys, my name is Matt Langston. I am a music producer, a mix engineer, and an avid unicorn enthusiast. And I would like to invite you over to my podcast, Eleven D Life. On Eleven D Life, we get to talk to your favorite artists, producers, and creators about what makes them tick. We take deep dives into where they get their juiciest inspirations from and how they keep from being cynical about all of it. We even get to pull back the curtain on my band, Eleven D Seven, and share some fun insider tips and tricks for our fellow bandmates and creators out there so be sure to check out 11d life right here on the rock candy podcast network and wherever you get your favorite shows
I remember I used to, I used to, we used to cover that one. Yes. Yes. We're back. And you know who we're talking to. You heard him. He's got his axe. He's an axe man. You're my brother. You're my companion. <laughs> hey, you guys are my brothers and companions. We got Jason Zimit, shadow producer. Mm, Welcome we to Magnified Pod, my dude. Our brother. Our companion. Our companion. I can't, wait. I can't wait for this record. You guys have no idea how much Dude, this it means to me. Uh yes, this is this is why you're here. You know, we um this is an album that doesn't mean the same thing that it means to you. And knowing what it means to you, I I just felt like it would be a disservice to discuss this record and have it go by knowing how what it meant to you and the ways that it has informed your songwriting and uh kind of like where it landed for you at a time in your life i just feel like we we needed to do this album a little bit more uh a little bit more served we do want to do it a disservice so thank um, you i appreciate it and you're listening to it with like ears in 2021 maybe for the right. first time or the yes. second time 100 percent and for me, this album is like tattooed in my brain. So yeah, right. I can it's a different defend experience. it. I can defend it, and I can also find all of the laughable offense in it. Sure. Yeah, and that's John and I had those same experiences going through a lot of MXPX and Five Iron, and uh, being able to be like this rules, but still looking at some parts and being like, does this hold up? Not so much. Um. Yes, we are talking about Through Thick and Thin. Uh, some may be asking why we're not starting with the first record, Good Old Days, but we will cover that on the Patreon next week. We deferred to our shadow producer here and said, you know, if we're sticking to a maximum of four episodes per band this season, which four should we cover? He said Through Thick and Thin should be one of them. And I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, I would say I prefer Good Old Days probably. Um but through Think It Then has Preschool Days, which I think was like their first single, right? Yeah. Um, and has a video, although I've never seen that video. I couldn't find it. Um, and All Hands on Deck is certainly a song that Dogwood fans know. So I feel like this one is more of a sort of cultural touchstone than the first album, right? Yes. And uh, Good Old Days really suffers from like a lot of repetition in song style. Yes. There's also like 55 songs on it. 55 <laughs> so. songs. And I would say easily 52 of them are the same song. Yeah. That's, that's probably fair. So. Um, yeah. It's, it's a unique uh, record. This one uh, first released May 20th, 1997 on rescue records. Uh, as we talked about in the first segment uh, started by the dad of uh, the POD drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, label mates to POD and uh, NIV, no innocent victim. Um, we got it, but we got bro. You can't, you can't we do set my, some dogwood context before we get into the album. Yeah, here. we can't. You can't do my boys in nailed promise dirty. You gotta, you gotta shout That's out. True. You gotta promise. shout out nailed promise. Can't forget about nailed promise. Uh, um, I, I, so I was. I mean, this was like primarily like a like hardcore metal rap rap metal label 
and or like hardcore punk and to like dogwood sort of seemed like a little bit of an anomaly on this label it just as far as the bands i was looking at on the roster to see it was kinda... definitely like mid-calorie <laughs> you know sure. like, right right like rescue records zero is what we would call it now like it was the lightest right. fare uh the least uh, uh, obsessed with christian social justice or if you want to call it that back in the days like these are the guys that are having fun and that all the bands on rescue records told tour stories about tipping over porta potties at night after the show Uh that's these (laughs) guys sure they're having a good time when when this record comes out i don't discover this band through through thick and thin i discover this band with the exact same cover on a, like a little CD, uh, five song EP. That's also called Dogwood. It's just called Dogwood. That's all you know. It's got the exact same cover as Too Thick and Thin and it's got five songs recorded by Bob Moon of hey. Teenage Politics fan or mm-hmm. fame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Josh told me that they recorded those five songs and apparently there was enough uh, like interest in those particular songs to make a full length out of it. So they went back to Bob Moon and recorded the remainder of these songs, essentially after the EP came out, it got into Christian bookstores through Diamante. And uh, it was an anomaly in that most of the time, there was only one other example that I can think of in Christian bookstores with distribution, where you saw a little flat CD uh, cardboard, basically a promo. And it was the Goaty Hook value pack split that came mm. out before either of those records came out. So Dogwood and Goaty Hook and Value Pack, you could walk out of a Christian bookstore with these promo CDs for under 10 bucks combined and learn about three new bands that all seemed in the vein of, you know, for us, like Fat Records music and Epitaph music. Uh, mm-hmm. You also were able to literally like thumbtack it to the wall next to the um music poster that compared the christian equivalent to the secular bands <laughs> yes Perfect. um so literally i'm not even kidding i remember getting the dogwood cd uh, pulling a thumbtack out of the wall because it was punched in where the word dogwood was and next to it said no effects lag wagon and no yep. one calling i think those are fair comparisons actually very they fair. are dead on accurate yeah, yeah. Ma- this- some of those comparisons are questionable that one seems pretty legit no this i mean he josh sounds like there's some points on this record if if certain lines were pulled out of context and you just heard a certain line sung i might be able to be convinced that it was fat mike for sure singing and and there's some moments in here that i'll point out where uh you literally can't tell um the guitar tone the drumming speed uh, apart from the life on a plate no one calling record they're almost mm. the exact same chord progressions, the exact same speed, the exact same uh, pauses. Yeah. Uh, so you can tell what these guys were under the influence of, but yeah. by extension, what the rest of us in youth group who were discovering this sort of punk music scene in the Christian realm, what we were all under the influence of. Like, yeah. Yeah. We were all there listening to fat wreck bands before we burned our CDs and, you know, at summer camp. Right. This yeah. was it. Uh, and yeah, listening Christian, to Christian equivalents. Listen to those fat comps, the punkorama comps. Oh yeah, you got them at at uh, Zoomies and Journeys, right when they were opening those <laughs> chains. 
And they give you Punkarama for two bucks or whatever. Yeah. We were just talking about that comps that were just like $2 by the door or whatever. Right. Um, So that, that leads to an important question that we haven't gotten to yet, which is when did you guys first hear of Dogwood? Jason, I'll defer to you for this first, for this. uh... It was definitely 97, right? At the Christian bookstore on the wall. Okay. Not knowing what it was, but looking at these kind of blurry photos of these guys, this is the worst cover art. But these guys all look like me. Yeah. In, in this, you know, like middle school, high school era. Um, so when you saw relatable. the when you saw the the flat CD, that was the first time you'd heard of them. Totally. Okay. Yep. And Andrew, you got on board by the next record. I think you know. I think honestly, uh, honestly, honestly, thank ha- you. Honestly, if you will, uh, I think my brother had more than conquerors. Okay. And I think that was when I first heard them so um in the in the same way that you know brian my brother had um upbeats and beatdowns i think he also had um dogwood and so i think that was kind of where i first heard them sure yeah for me they were one of those bands that i always knew about but i don't think i ever saw them i didn't have any of their records so this is really the first time I'm hearing most of their stuff. Um, and it will, it will be interesting. There, there's some stuff uh, that I really like. And as the records go along, I like them a lot more. Uh, there's also some stuff that I do not care for. Um, so we should cover band members. Um, so we, as we said in the first segment, Escondido, San Diego adjacent, uh, formed there in 1994. Um, they went through some rotating membership over the years, but the core group, uh, usually Josh Kemble on vocals, Russell Castillo on drums, Sean O'Donnell on guitar and Jason Harper on bass. Does that sound correct, Jason? Yes. Not on this record, but that's true. Russ and Russ and, uh, Josh are definitely core to the whole, whole narrative. Okay. And yeah, they have seven, six, six albums, I think, between 1993 and 2003, basically. Um, And they played some shows over the years after 2003, but I think it was mainly those reunion shows with MXPX and Five Art in 2017 that were kind of their most recent efforts on the road, right? Yeah, most recently, I'd say the last four or five years, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know that there's... A lot of these bands that we're talking about this season, there is some rumblings of new stuff. I don't know that I've necessarily heard anything about that with these guys, but uh, Josh definitely keeps busy on SoundCloud and still releases stuff frequently, okay. uh, cool. just under his own garage band sort of recordings. Okay, so G- good to know. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Do you remember the first time you saw him? Did your first Dog Cornerstone nineteen ninety eight for sure. Ooh. Uh, I saw them. Right, year. Russ couldn't make it that year, which was like for everybody there was a few like monster players you wanted to see you wanted to see jackson mold live Mm. and you wanted to see russell play the drums live yeah man um these were just like and you wanted to see um the new zeo singer that everybody Mm. had been like talking about everybody's talking about how sean jonas was leaving zeo and he recorded the first tooth and nail record which was called splinter shards and they got a new guy that everybody said was ferocious and mm. terrible and you also want to see zale because they didn't have a bass player they just had uh two guitar players and a drummer right. uh but 
so watching Dogwood, they had just recorded and released the other self-titled Dogwood. So the first self-titled Dogwood is this five-song EP. The second self-titled Dogwood is uh, they recorded themselves without Russell on drums. So everybody was really bummed because they're like, what happened to Russ? And these guys mm. were excited to come to Cornerstone with a brand new record. And everybody's like, hey, the drumming on this is not very good. Mm. Um, but the new version of like Preschool Days on the Dogwood self-titled record is really good. Um, I was in the front of house right after watching Officer Negative and standing on stage. And I was sweating like a pig. Hell yeah. I sang JCHC with yeah, like 100 guys on stage. And then Dogwood was up next and I was right front and center. And Josh and I were just like trading the microphone back and forth cool. uh, the whole time, screaming every word. And Josh is like probably stoked because they drove all the way from San Diego to have at least the front row know all their lyrics. Mm. <laughs> like right, that must've right. been a trip. Yeah. They didn't probably plan on like stops or shows along the way, but to be out there in Illinois, uh, you know, for any band probably at that era was like, whoa, these guys know our music. Yeah. Do you remember what stage it was or like kind of where, like how I know big... exactly where it was, but I could picture it, but um, it was basically what became the impromptu stage, the stage that uh, bands could draw their name out of a hat at the start of a day. And then they'd get assigned a slot. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't a big stage at all. I'd say maybe 250 people at most inside that tent. Okay. Uh, but, and Josh was probably wearing like a Hawaiian shirt or something goofy. And these guys just looked so relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. They, I mean, there's kind of like a, it's a different vibe than the sort of SoCal slick shoes vibe we talked about. With these guys them. weren't that at all. These guys no. were much more, uh, like I said, they just look like youth group, youth group pastors. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. slick shoes look like, Hey man, we came here to jam. We're going right. to tear up your face, squad five O, <laughs> slick shoes. Everybody wore like a shirt slash wife beaters. That's what uh -huh. we called them back then. I wouldn't call it that now. Right. But that was what everybody looked like. They were kind of in a rock and roll band, but right. Dogwood did not. Yeah. These guys look like, uh, yeah, they were yeah. also the, one of the only punk bands I saw that looked like they were Hispanic. Right, right. Yeah, that is that does kind of stand out in the scene at this time. I mean, so you mentioned... Russ on the drums, I feel like we talked in the Slick Shoes episodes about how immediately the guitar just kind of stands out as the sort of Slick Shoes sound. And it's interesting that you said that about the drums because I had the same thought. Like the drums are, are certainly the standout for me, at least on this record. Yeah, uh, like stuff on this record that immediately stands out from a drumming standpoint is that like part the beginning of Daddy Dearest where he's doing rim shots, but yeah. he's doing him in like quadruplet right. speed. That's not an easy thing to pull off for anybody to keep the beat going while you're doing that. It's crazy. Well, not yeah. even not even, only that, but like the first five seconds of this record yeah. starts off absolutely monstrously. Just yeah. can we, so can we get fast. into it? Let's, let's get into it, man. Did you, Jason, did you come up with the top three songs? Will you be yes. able to do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, perfect. All right. Okay. Let's we're gonna it. we're gonna start off. All hands on deck, bro. Yeah.
Um, during Your Love is Perfect, one of the things that like the drummer in my band and I really wanted to see is if Russell did that with one foot. Mm. Cause it sounds like a double kick where he's going. Right. And he did. Oh, fully with one foot. Yeah, man. His calves must've been sick. Burning them calf muscles, man. Yeah. And I love that little like noodly, just simple guitar refrain of. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yes, this is this also is my number, my number one. one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. How could it All not right. be? All I also love that at the end of the song, uh, when they get into "Lord, You're the Captain That I Wish." Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah, it's. Is, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go, you can go ahead and play it. There we go. It rules. Yeah. It's, you know, we talked about like some of our favorite parts of Slick Shoe songs were the sort of like the complexity of them where there'd be like a bridge or something you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I'd say this is as a, on a, on the whole, this record is not especially complex. I think that's fine. Um, but this one is maybe the most interesting, I would say in terms of like where it goes. Um, yeah. When they, um, when they go, Lord, you're the captain that I wish, that whole part, uh, I, I referenced this uh, yesterday. I was watching a podcast interview with Fat Mike and the way that Fat Mike from NoFX loved to write songs, even in the 90s, was he didn't write four chord refrains into his songs. Like he mm-hmm. didn't go into four stanzas. He would like to write them where there was eight notes going or sometimes 16 notes going uh, without re- repetition. So you have that moment of like, Lord, you're the captain that I wish. And then it goes into your love. That whole entire phrasing is much more, uh, quite frankly, like Bay Area skate punk, like the fat record scene when bands would do that. No use for name did that a lot as well, where it wasn't just C to a G to an A to an F and that's it over and over again. You know, that's, that's, yeah, no use for name, uh, no effects, that sort of, yeah, California skate punk lots of interesting chord progressions it's not this this album does have some of that but for the most part i feel like later albums some of that gets it gets a little bit more interesting yeah the weirder chords for sure right yeah yeah i wish there was more of the kind of surprising uh ways that the song unfolds uh in this song throughout the record um but But again uh, we're 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 dissecting this as thirty-seven-year-old yeah. dudes, for uh, sure. And like, and I'm sure thirty-seven-year-old us, if we heard teenage politics for the first time, we'd probably be like, "This album doesn't sound great." This album, like, what? Sure. You know, but like, this is this is why Jason giving that sort of thirteen-year-old yeah. 13 uh, context. It that, just yeah. hints it hints at such greatness, like a song yeah. like this, even though it's a stand standout in this record versus most of the others, which are a little banal. Right. Uh, this shows you like, oh, this band has so much potential. Yeah, for sure. Whereas like a lot of other record bands from that scene, 
you would listen to an entire Noggin Toboggan record and be like, there's no potential here. And if they make another record, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I think, I mean, if I had heard this on a comp or something, or this was like the one song I knew of them at the time, I'd be like, Dogwood Rules. Like, yeah, yeah this is a, if this is the one song you had heard, I would think of them as being like, you know, among the sort of top from this scene. But yeah, uh, we'll get to some others too. Yeah, next song is great too. I love this. It is. I agree. Free school days. All the things I've seen. Fat Mike. Prepare me really fat Mike. What I was about to experience. Possessions never mind. <laughs> yeah, this is very no effects. It's not crazy. It's <laughs> not true. I've got a big toys. is uh my number three me too me too oh shit all of us yeah wow um can we do can we do josh's delivery corner let's do it um this uh how quickly dad turned to say (laughs) yeah and he also he also yeah also the way he this uh way he says school there's something there's something about his, when he says preschool, I can't even do it. But like, there yeah. are some very specific. You know that that was like an intended thing that Bob Moon, the producer, said. Like, <laughs> hey, you have to hit that school. And it really beat. hit school. It <laughs> has to hit on the beat. You can't be lagging behind the beat. You can't be in front of the beat. You got to nail it right there. So he's like, preschool. Did I get it right? There? Yeah, school days. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it? Is this? Is this um the Bob Moon version mm-hmm. of of honestly? For <laughs> could be, yeah. I can't, but like it's very, very um, easy for me to immediately like pick up on it as a 13 year old who's like playing every record that he wants, like he wants to learn every record that he listens to, yeah. And he just goes, Oh, here it is, all things I've seen, right? Right, yeah, prepare me. All right, we're covering that song at youth group on Friday night, guys. Yep. It's it's on the set list, <laughs> you know. What's different about this record versus slick shoes is that there you are not going to find a man it sucks that this girl i like doesn't like me too <laughs> no man sure i'm not. i'm i'm a heartbroken young boy and that's and it's really <laughs> no, sad this for me heavy. this this, is this heavy themes on this album there are lots of heavy themes and they're while there might be some the Venn diagram of like sort of feeling shame and feeling unworthy, mm-hmm. why there might be a Venn diagram between slick shoes and dogwood and those yeah. concepts, there is very little else in terms of that the yeah. of what the sort of the stuff that they're talking about. Yeah, and that's correct. not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying kind of going from 
uh, it's just a different style of California skate punk where it's like, you know, skate punks where dudes are going to the beach. We're talking about girls. You know, this is like my uh, dad left. Yeah. You know, this is just like, this is heavy stuff, yeah. you know? And uh, I think, you know, Jason, you know, when we um, had a brief conversation with Josh Kimball, humble brag humble brag not really a humble brag but just like i i uh i appreciated it so much because that gave me a lot more context that i think i sorely needed for this record right a- aside from just your personal experience with the record hearing him talk about like uh how he wrote from the third person like preschool days is not about his story Um, in the line of fire, which comes later is from him talking to other people and hearing about their stories and sort of relaying it into a song. So having like sort of telling other people's stories on a record, I think is, uh, it's not something I really feel like we've, we've had so far, at least on the pod, we haven't talked we haven't talked about that everything has been sort of um the lead singer being the main lyricist writing the lyrics kind of about their own experiences yeah and this is another sort of standout way of looking at this record and in the way that it's different yeah that's interesting because this this is the first of several songs to deal with the trauma of an absent father and sort of unpacking that, but they all seem to be a little different. Like the details right. are like brothers or a sister in one song. Um, sure. Yes. So one's about being molested by your dad. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's either songs that are like explicitly Christian or songs that are about this trauma that might also involve explicitly Christian lyrics. And that's sure. sort of a shift from, you know, as Slick Shoes moved more in that direction, but like, these are like more explicitly Christian lyrics than I was typically listening to as right. a kid. Right. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think it's here. We'll get to it later, but there are some times when it's like, I respect them for going after the these... song Jesus, for instance, it's just straight <laughs> yes. up a parrot. Like, okay, I read you the Bible story. <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To right. music. Yeah, I don't know if I need that necessarily, at least in this vocal delivery. <laughs> it was really um, fun. I will tell you, it was really fun and useful to a 13-year-old to like, Sure. hey, come to youth group. Why yeah, do you want yeah. to go to youth group? I don't want to hear about Jesus. No, you got to hear about this Jesus from track 12 off sure. of Too Thick and Thin. Because he's kind yeah. of a badass. Right, right. That makes you, sense. You know who else didn't like the establishment? <laughs> My Lord and Savior. <laughs> I guess you could say he was the first punk rocker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, I will yeah. say this like both Dogwood and Craig's brother do this they tell uh, this sort of different narrative right. and they did it while looking and acting very relatable um, whereas Slick Shoes took themselves kind of seriously in their presentation they looked like a real band they had like wore dark clothes sometimes had like the look of a Southern California punk band but their songs were like about lighthearted fare mostly like right. they were yeah. about kind of like lighter personal topics of like i'm sort of insecure and this girl kind of likes me and then she doesn't and then i'm gonna write a whole album about it right Uh, whereas dogwood showed up in hawaiian shirts and like 
uh, I was just listening to a podcast where Josh was, or no, I was watching Jared Scott, the photographer and Josh talking oh, about yeah. IG live. Right. And Jared talked about watching Dogwood at play at Cornerstone and Josh, every song would, would take off his shirt, mm. his Hawaiian shirt to reveal that he had another Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> and then that next song, he would take his shirt off to reveal. And he had like 16 songs, shirts on. Oh man. It's a good bit. Yeah. Good bit. <laughs> Uh, especially at like Cornerstone where it's a that, 99 degree. That's just that, sweating. I was, I was going to say <laughs> how he didn't like have heat stroke right. from that. It's insane. Um, I will say though, uh, one important part musically, mm-hmm. Russ is a monster drummer. Yeah. The thing that changed from this album that you probably noticed and started to like more in the Tooth and Nail catalog and canon for Dogwood was that he played to a click track, whereas in this mm-hmm. record, he totally did not. Yeah, in the song preschool days, you can really hear it from the verse to the chorus change. He's yeah, literally changed complete tempos. He's right, playing right, it right. really tight and really well. But um, to a trained ear who's used to listening to like a Yuri Ruli or a Joe Nixon, right? Yes. Or even an Andy Verdecchio, those guys are monsters, but they're monsters like they're machines. Yeah. And when the machine gets turned on, it's still like hitting the rivet every single time at the exact same moment. Right, right. Russ is a monster drummer in a different way. He's really creative with his fills and really inventive with his playing style. But on this record, you're like, bro, just keep tempo, man. Keep time. Yeah. And there's times when uh, <laughs> the guitar and bass player do not uh, quite yes. follow along. It's so hard to record to that. <laughs> yeah. Gets yeah. a little I sloppy just, sometimes. I did that with but, my band and drummer, and we couldn't. Like, you couldn't but, play to him. But, you know, there is, there is an, uh, so I don't remember which song it is. It's the very opening guitars that they like were doing layered or doubled guitars and they get out of time with each other. It's you can hear it on through on through thick and thin on this record. You play yeah. the beginning of through thick and thin. We'll get there in a second, but yeah, he loses time the moment the drummer kicks in. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. stairway stairway to sin. Let's do it. <laughs> So if I heard this album, Jason, when I was also 13, this would, would have probably been my anthem uh, mm. because I'm sick and tired of feeling guilt. Why can't I just not sin and not end up in shame? 
I mean, John, how often have I talked about that exact <laughs> yeah. feeling on this podcast when I was this age? Like yeah. almost those exact word for word. Why can't I stop sinning? Right. Like why am I, I'm just, and feeling terrible, like that level of guilt and shame constantly. And yeah. like, I, I think I just really, if I heard this record when I was 13, I would have probably this i would probably feel the same way as, as jason does right now yeah i mean i have in my notes like at least there's some content about grace in the song to some extent <laughs> which is missing from a lot of these songs where it's just like i feel awful and i get in this trap yeah i suck um so i appreciate that this is my number two. Oh wow okay i kind of thought you guys might join I me for that but. i don't like but that's too bad. It's in the past and I've stuck right here where he doubles his own vocals. But and that's too bad. It's in the past. Yeah. But he doesn't nail it. Like he doesn't even sing in time with himself. And he's <laughs> sure. You can tell it was one of those like vocal deliveries where like Bob Moon is like, is that, is that the one? Is he gonna, <laughs> we've done this like five times. Right. Can we just stick with that one. And Josh is like, yeah, I got, that's as good as it's going to get, buddy. <laughs> sure. I think it's, um, yeah. You know. I was just going to say when it switches from kind of the intro to how driving, the yeah. verses that's what makes me be like oh i'm like my ears perk up and i'm really into it so yeah. this is also the song where i realized there's a formula to dogwood really sure. quickly where yeah, the bridge yeah. is going half time right, right it's right. going busy fills and half time and slowing basically the same intro right. lick down or doing it with like a couple more chugga chuggas in it right yeah so this is also the that. most the most bad religion Yes, song. it does sound like bad religion. Yeah. Uh, especially the very beginning. They the mix is not very good because you could tell there's this ooh. Right, right. They right. try to do Yeah. That I feel like if it were a bad religion record, that would have been way more up front yeah, but sure. maybe but maybe it didn't sound good which is why it's mixed back a lot yeah um i mean it stands out to me here as being interesting i think that's yes. part of why i like it but i know what you're saying like it it doesn't quite we hit also, that level we it's probably my number josh, four but okay. we also talked with josh about this idea of like in hindsight when you get to be in your 30s and 40s and you look back at these songs you wrote when you were just feeling so overwrought with shame and guilt and mm -hmm. wrestling with these ideas of self-identity and right. how does my faith save me from myself when mm -hmm. I can't stand to be in my own skin because Sarah didn't like me or whatever. <laughs> uh, right. You know, it's always a Sarah. We also say like, sorry, Sarah. would you want that for your kids now? Like when my daughter or his daughter, 17, we, we asked him that question point blank. Like, do you want your daughter to feel this way? Right. Right. And is it inherent to just youth, like youthfulness and being a teenager and being insecure and part of adolescence and growing up and maturing and not having the life experience to know that you'll get through tomorrow and you'll be yeah. okay. You right. don't have all of those like safeguards in place by the, that you do by the time you're our age and um, you're wrestling and he's kind of like throwing it out all on the table, which I admire and saying, I'm like feeling insecure about this stuff. Cause he wrote this stuff when he was 17, 18 yeah. years old. Totally. Um, but we also talk about like, do we want that for our kids or do we want them to have like a sense of self-worth and confidence that doesn't have to find its entire um, security in the Bible or others? Yeah, no, I think that that makes total sense. It's something that 
comes up a lot on the pod because it's like, well, sure. Am I going to set my late thirties standard to this teenager wrestling through stuff? No, but I'm also like the reason that I get hung up on it is because I feel like it's this damaging mindset and it bums me out that so many kids thought they were so awful. I'm like, you're not that bad. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So also the title is a bummer. <laughs> it's yeah. Jerry he, but. Well, I think he, he said it was sort of this like play on stairway to heaven. Yeah, and they course. thought about uh, stairway to hell, but okay. they knew that wouldn't sell in Christian bookstores. Mm. So there's they- also a highway to hell already. So they didn't need the stairway. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the, the highway gets you there way faster. Yeah, exactly. I do like the song though. I think it's really cool. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's one of those things too, that we talked about with, with Josh, the, how so many of kids in, in this youth group and church culture, they have this shame and shame just is, it festers and grows in secret. And, mm-hmm. and these kids in youth group are taught, well, as Christian, this is what you don't do. So don't do it. And there are no tools really taught other than just sheer force of will to not yeah. do certain things, to not act a certain way. Right. And it's like, Josh, okay, yeah. how do I? Saying, yeah, he was saying when you do those things, because you will do those things, then what do you do? Right. That what was next? more of where he was trying to come from. Yeah, sure. Right. Which I appreciate. Um, yeah. And I wish there was there was more of that taught, but it wasn't. It was just like, well, why are you going to do those things? You shouldn't be you sinning. You shouldn't be doing those things. You can't do those things. Yeah. Yeah, but right. it's like, it's not like I'm planning to sin, help a brother out. And so like, <laughs> you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't talk about it because you know, like you would be, shamed or chastised or like you know so you just like well might as well not talk about whatever i gotta talk about this again at bible study with the guys man you just suck guys i watched event horizon last night on tv (laughs) oh man and i felt i felt disgusted with myself it was was a dark movie i'd I'd even call it a satanic movie if i'm being (laughs) honest right here Oh man, the Pray movie does have some weird stuff in it. Pray for me, guys. All right. Uh, speaking of the end of the world. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and the Patriotic bread. Nailed it. Uh, you guys want to talk a little Christian eschatology here, or hell yeah, man! <laughs> lot to unpack here. Straight, yeah, straight out a, of the Bible, straight is, from the Bible. Well, this is a extremely literal eschatological uh, interpretation of of end times and the sort of great tribulation. Which, I mean, let's be honest: the book tribulation by Jerry B. Jenkins probably came out at the exact same time that this probably. album came out. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. When I was first listening through it, I was like, Ooh, and the rockets red glare. It's called patriotic pride. I'm like, hell yeah. We're going to talk about some bow to the flag ism. Yeah. But no. And then I'm like, wait, seven years in hell. Oh, he's like literally referring to revelation. <laughs> <laughs> This is the literal rapture, and this song doesn't make any damn sense. No, it really doesn't. I have gonna, in my notes. You're going to hear the old people say this, but why would they say this if they're saying you were right? That yeah, the, they're, it, it, they're raptured. They're gone. Right, they're not right. saying anything to you. And more importantly, if I'm raptured, because I'm a Christian and I got it right, why would I wish these other people well? I'm not right. thinking about them. I'm up in heaven doing my like toga dance. Right. Yeah. I have in my notes, what is happening here? <laughs> I think it's like, I, yes, I get, I get the idea about the rapture, people going to hell. I don't get how that has anything to do with patriotism. Um, and then like, I it just couldn't be more sort of like judgmental. Like congratulations to this guy for having figured everything out and being like, look what I said would happen came true. That's the difference between me and you. It's like, all right, bro, like I'm burning in hell. I get it. Like, I don't know. It just, <laughs> this one is. Who, who are these old people that are you know, saying that? Right. Are Why they are the they people... right? No, no. But like, think about it. If they're saying it, they're still not raptured. They're the ones right. living through seven years of hell. And you hear all of them saying, look what I said would happen. Well, if you said it was going to happen, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's very confusing to me. Um, I, do you guys know why? Like, what does the what's the patriotism thing? Is it supposed I to just, just be like? I think it literally just like was a killer first line. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> He's like, we can use that. I mean, I've got this hell song. We can tack it onto that one. Yeah, let's just make it about. Uh, we can't get there, but let's just do it anyways. First right. line's about rockets, red glare. Let's just do that part. <laughs> and like later, we'll have a song about lust, and we'll somehow like work in the pledge of allegiance. We got it. Great. Yeah. Um, I, you know, for the most part, musically, I think it's fine. Uh, those vocals, a little tough, a little tough sometimes They're here. They're tough at the onset. They're tough from the yeah. first line. He's not even hitting a note. He's sort of just sort of barking it. <laughs> True. Uh, can we go it, past this song? I can't. Yeah, just, that's fine. Can't. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's note adjacent. You know, it's, <laughs> the notes are the there. Ballpark he's, of an e. he's, he's around, he's circling them. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah this song, this Sucks. song is tough for me in all of the ways. All right, um, tribute. a lot to like about the song i like yeah. obviously a song paying tribute to a friend that you lost um it's about I a think. friend or his mom i don't get it it's a mom it's a mom of somebody in the band i can't remember oh is it okay, okay. Yeah. Um, sorry keep going okay yes okay that makes sense with uh your says, baby boy you, mom yeah your baby boy will Please make it feel. down here um 
anyway, uh, I really love the chorus and the drums and like the, the dropouts and everything. I think that's, I think that's sick. Um, I have always had a problem with, uh, God took her from me. God put her suffering to an end that way of thinking about irrationalizing loss is that God is causing your grief and causing your loss. And if God is the one who does, does good things and causes all your loss, I don't know. I don't know what is left for the devil to do. I mean, it seems like God's got that covered. I, it's funny because my dad died about a year, right up exactly a year after this record came out. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, right when this album came out, I was in Seattle where my dad was getting cancer treatment mm-hmm. uh, for leukemia, getting a bone marrow transplant. So in 97, that summer, I was there. And the way that I looked at it was um, before even my dad died and then after he died, I think for better or for worse by slick shoes was like my anthem more so but mm-hmm. with this song i kept going back to it over and over again because it's my it's my number three or my okay. number two i mean sorry oh wow okay. the reason it was my number two is because uh it was more like god was rescuing me from my grief and god sure. was rescuing me from my uh horrible circumstances or maybe rescued my dad from the suffering that he was going through like he was in really bad sorts in a coma for six weeks but waking up basically a screaming pain Mm. And we sat there in the hospital watching him do that from Father's Day in June of 90 or 98 until he died on July 20th. Mm. So for me, it was like um, God didn't either cause it or um, like God was suffering with us in our family. God was sure. grieving with us in our family. I like and that so much more. And that's a better think, way to say it. I would agree with you. Yeah. Also, I think it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful way of thinking about it. Like, yeah, that's, and it's. So this was like, it was a big song for me. I remember at that time. Um, if you can do me a favor though, like, are yeah. you able to look up something on Spotify or not? Yeah. Can you go to Mill and Colin Olympic? It goes down like a little bit into it. Just a little bit. Um, feeling wise, tempo wise, everything about this is the same as tribute. Even the, you'll get there in a second, but. Part where he goes, and I was taken by surprise, taken by surprise. Coming in a second. Yeah, I mean, it already sounds similar, yeah. It's the same thing. Coming in a second. Same harmonies. Yeah. Sure. That's a more interesting song and a more interesting way to do it. Yeah. It's less yeah. busy than tribute was. Um, yeah. But but it's the same song <laughs> in essence, <laughs> and the same type of chords, the same type of right. tempo. Uh, and you can tell immediately, like, oh, these guys were just listening to a lot of melancholy yeah. bands at the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So. I I feel bad because I feel like 
vocally, I just get tripped up. Like I, yeah. it's supposed to be this emotional moment where everything drops out and it's just him. But because he sounds so tough on my sweet Claudia, I'm just kind of like, uh, if it had a little more weight, I he could like. That, he's got that Jesse from Full House inflection with his voice. <laughs> right. Whatever happened to you? <laughs> yeah. There's some fat Mike. There's also some offspring. What's that guy's name? Dexter. Uh, Dexter yeah, Holland. Dexter vibes occasionally. Dexter's funny because he's got such a clean voice. Right. It's a different music he does. But uh, but by the next record, he sounds so much better. I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, okay, oh, man. give me some give me some daddy dearest. I want to hear this. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that is the song uh-huh. what I was talking about. Those those guitar picking, <laughs> they it gets out. Just listen sure, to those first sure. four seconds again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another super heavy song. Yeah. I think another one. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just say another one where I feel bad because it's dealing with these really heavy themes of an abusive dad, but it just is so like sloppy and kind of obvious. And the lyrics then always like fit the beat. It's just like I can't really fully vibe with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I think that's for me. Uh, I, I like, there's a, a number of songs on this record I like, and, the, and then like some of the songs that I'm like lukewarm on, I like, I, they're, I like parts. Right. I, there aren't a lot of songs on the, on this record where I'm like, I like all of the parts of the song. It's like, I sure. like this element of this song, or I like this part or this instrument performance or whatever and uh i lyrically um you know this is another one of those things getting a little bit more context that this was written was this written by someone else 
in the band or was it written about someone's experience in the band, Jason? It was written, I think, by the uh, like the bassist for his like uncle who went to jail okay. for molesting his kid. So this bassist's cousin, yeah. basically, yeah. and her experience. Right. Jeez. Um, so it's heavy stuff. It's not performed very, like you said, particularly well, but it also feels really raw. Like it's not the kind of song that you would want to like, hey, can you do that one over again? But I'm going to focus on the way that you're singing that one note. Right, right. You kind of probably just be like, oh, this is heavy. Yeah. Let's yeah. just put that one in the can and you got, you got, you nailed it. Yeah. Right. I, an important, an important, uh, point that I remember Josh making was talking about issues in the church where so much of what, what was going on in the church was so performative that these were the things that were happening, but everybody was sort of keeping it quiet and like not talking about it and just being like, Oh, we're the good Christian family. Everything's fine. Right. But literally everything in the situation is a nightmare and, and, but, you know, let's all just pretend like it's fine. And what do, what, how does the church help families out of this sort of situation? Yeah. I mean, that's, they certainly weren't confronting it and saying, we got to no. like deal with this head on. This right. is probably one of the most in like all of the, in all of the camp and all of the silly, like hyperbolic ways that the Christian music scene back in the day, like scared the hell out of you, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of those situations where you're like, oh, this is real. This is a real song dealing with real things and how horrific the world actually is. It's not talking about, you know, like seven years of hell. Wish you well, <laughs> right, buddy. Right. Yeah, Wish yeah, you yeah. well. This is like the, the horror of the uh, humanity and the ugliness and the underbelly of it i do love russell's drums on the rim shot it's insane yeah yeah, how fast yeah, yeah. that is at the beginning uh but i've got a shorter amount of time than i'd like so if we can g- <laughs> go speed it up yeah through thick and thin you're my brother This, this is, is a, my number two. Oh, yeah. interesting. I do not care for this. <laughs> it's it's to me an example of when you're attempting to do a gang vocal anthemic yeah. type of song, but you fail. <laughs> I you like that many, part of it. You put too I, many lyrics in it. Yeah. And you're and you put too much like content into the actual chorus. Right. I uh, and when it changes, like when it changes by it's too much to remember. <laughs> I'm uh I'm into it. I like the gang vocal elements. I like yeah. the, this is like, this is the dogwood version of the Pennywise song, bro him. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Fully. <laughs> this is Fully. like the Christian, this is the Christian bro him. <laughs> yeah. 
I no, I like when it goes to the halftime chorus and they've got the gang vokes, but it's just the like, I don't know, the like, you're my brother. <laughs> I just like can't. It just it seems silly when it's uh, delivered little, in that it's way. A little Muppet like Mupp, Jim Henson's Muppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit Muppety. It, um, it's 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 also pretty sloppy. Ever. It is sloppy, yeah. but yeah. I'm still into it. I, I this is I imagine like being you know in the pit like with your other bros be like I was, and that's the reason why it doesn't work because I was in the pit for Squad Five O that year singing, you know, fight the system and we are the youth, and it's really easy for a bunch of kids to grab like grab each other and go, we are the youth, we are the youth, <laughs> or get in an officer negative pit and just be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, JCHC, uh-huh. Jesus Christ, hardcore. But this one, yeah. I grab my buddies around me in the front row. We knew every lyric to every Dogwood song, and we get to the chorus of the song, and we're like, Ah, oh, through thick and thin, it's like too much. Got fizzles. You know? Yeah, maybe a few more whoa woes that everybody yeah, could sing along to. Yeah, some woes or some <laughs> a repetition of like through thick and thin over and over again. But sure. the, yeah. the memory of it that I have was Josh really leaning on me to sing every <laughs> word in the You're crowd. Like, oh, I hope and I the guys right. to the left and right of me are like, uh, this is that moment where I look down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate that when the uh, vocalist gives you the mic and you're like, crap, this is the part I don't remember. Until <laughs> he's in a hardcore show or a Zayo show. But at this, <laughs> when they're like, okay, here's the, I'm going to coach you through this. I'll stand right by your side. And I just want right. to say, please don't forget what we've experienced. Okay. That's, just remember that part. Okay. Right. And you'll be fine. Exactly. But, um, hey, number two. Yeah. Yeah, I respect it. Yeah, fuck me, I guess. My my song, whatever. (laughs) I like it. There's there's plenty to like about it. Uh, There's there's not a lot to like about the next song. There's a lot to like about it, except all the things you guys just spent minutes telling me not to like about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, whoever likes it is uh, stupid, but it is great. (laughs) Okay, um, uh, everybody all aboard Bummersville train. (laughs) uh, Next stop, Yikesville Station. So let me just like recap for the girl that I met in eighth grade who saw my Dogwood shirt. Oh, Dogwood, tell me a song that you like by them. Oh, there's You're this like, song about this. Adoption, abortion. <laughs> there's this song called In the Line of Fire. You're going to love it. It's a real, it's a real 
song. <laughs> Again, um, back to the whole like you know rock for life scene. And right. That was very predominant. I like that in this case, he wasn't coming out right and saying like, hey, "You're a fucking monster if you have an abortion. Sure, you, know, you got to get Jesus in your life and get right with Him so that you don't have an abortion." He's just saying this is the story I'm telling from this perspective of uh the worst possible perspective you could tell that story from right at least as a gut punch uh, yeah yeah I, I respect it more than a than a patronizing well, abortion is wrong patron. abortion is murder there was at the like exact same time a pod song called abortion right. is murder out of course yeah um, i don't know andrew do we need to open up the box real quick i think we need to open up the box this one's called the box food line yes um I yeah we we unpacked the same box last week but there's some more stuff in there this time um we don't need to get into everything that we got into last week but I just think it's fascinating that teenage boys were like it just showed the dominance of that position within the scene that like all these young guys felt like they could just sing about an issue that mainly affects women <laughs> over and over I just think it's it's fascinating yeah um, I I really the singing from the position of the child in this, as they talk about it, this, this um, they're cause they're talking about birthdays and all these things. It's like, well, like while I understand this is being written from an experience that was shared what what's essentially being done is like you're putting you're putting the argument in the hypothetical mouth of uh somebody that does not exist right the woman does yeah right the woman has a various opinions on what she would like to do but you're saying the hypothetical conversation that this unborn child has yeah. is more of a valid argument. And I take it's, issue with that. It's every rural Illinois billboard you drive yes. past in yes. a small town. <laughs> we talked about that in the first segment. The Look at this face. Yeah, yeah. Smile. Your mom was pro-life. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's another great artist that sang a song from the perspective <laughs> of a fetus that never developed, uh, Lil Marky. Lil Marky, we listened uh, Jason, to that. <laughs> Jason, you familiar with Lil Marky? No. <laughs> he was, was his name Richard Marks or something? Um, he was a, a Christian comedian in the like 80s and 90s, and oh, he no. sang songs as uh, <laughs> this character, Lil Marky, uh, who was like, God you made me. I don't know. Andrew, do the voice. <laughs> Mark Fox is his name. Yeah. Okay. He's like the Bobby's world voice, essentially. Oh, I guess we're hearing a little more again. <laughs> Just to October taste for 2nd. you. <laughs> Today, my life began. My parents do not know it yet. I am oh, as small as the pollen of a flower. But it is I already. I will be a boy. I will have oh, blonde man. hair and blue eyes. <laughs> So anyway. that's that's a real thing that yeah. a person did <laughs> oh, man. that they thought so was good. a good idea. Here, but here's the thing. like You got to realize also that this was not a common thing just to the Christian music scene. This was happening in very, very yeah. secular 
underground circles as well. In fact, there's a song really famously by the Ghetto Boys who sang Damn It Feels yes. Good to Be a Gangster right. called yes. The Unseen. Huh. And it's all about the exact same subject. So the unseen children that were never born. And it says in much, much more colorful language, like you're a whore because you had an abortion. Basically. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. So it gets I, uh, really nasty in the nineties, no matter where you look. Yes. Very true. I would always assume have assumed that the ghetto boys were a paramount of feminist ideology. <laughs> wow. You had thought that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can, um, you want to unpack anything else in the box? Yeah, the uh, the line "disregard human value" mm-hmm. uh, is another tough line for me. <laughs> sure, um, understandably. I, uh, yeah, I just as we talked about when we when we discussed um, the Slick Shoes song, just like everybody's perspective is discussed except the woman, and that is primarily the one yeah. that I care most about hearing it's pretty rough in the middle class suburbia of southern california for a bunch of white guys to just be like or any guys period yeah right right if they're a hundred years old i don't care shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah that's i agree love you josh (laughs) (laughs) yes i mean Uh, yeah yes let's um let's I, we'll close I up really, the box for now. Let's we'll close up this box. I hope we don't have to open up this box. <laughs> I'm sure to. we will. There's a lot of more albums. There's a value pack. There's a. It keeps going, man. Yeah. What is that on the first value pack record? Because absolutely. Oh man. Yeah, you're gonna get there, my friend. Woof. All, All right. right. Well, that just, one was called the box. That one's called the box food line. I do. I really have to get going in like a few minutes. I'm sorry, guys. I'm gonna have to cut. It's out okay. A little okay. Early, do you but... you want to share final thoughts before we go through the rest of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, just because is a completely pointless song doesn't need to exist. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Jesus is a hilarious youth group pastor's wet dream of like, <laughs> oh, good, I get a pass this week. I didn't have to think of anything for a lesson. Uh, I'm going to just play this song on repeat and let kids play dodgeball and hope (laughs) that it like speaks to them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Accurate. I brought my non-Christian friends and we played dodgeball and there was a song about Jesus. And I basically got the concept. And at the end we had an altar call and I sort of took the like line. I'm like, yeah, it sounds good. I like this. Right on. Dodgeball plus punk rock. Here I go. (laughs) I'm in. Uh, Who am I to say who deserves what has the most obnoxious bridge ever it's just yeah. a mess of notes together that have no like meaning at all they don't uh, uh, inform or in, like reinforce the song structure they just go to chaotic messy places that it reminds me quite frankly a lot of the songs of uh good old days it's the closest sure. to thing to good old days that there was where you're just like and now you gotta fill like a minute right here with stuff Let's just right. do a bunch of instrumentation. I'll get really, really busy. Uh, family values. What's that song? Remind me of that one. Um, um, it's another. It's, it's about a, the sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah at the hands another, of a father again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy. This is like <laughs> it's a it's a sad time we live in. Little girls grow up scared of their dad. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Bummersville. Maybe, maybe that was the one that was about. I there's, think yeah, there's probably. Two so, there's two songs in here about right. yeah. ridiculously horrible male figures. Yes. Yep. Um, but joy through movement, Jason, please. Oh, killer man! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dogwood appeared on MTV exactly one time. Never okay. on 120 minutes. Never. Maybe they had like a music video. Like maybe they had feel the burn on. 
120 minutes, but up to this point, their only exposure was joy through movement on that same video that I sent you guys from Tom fest. And okay. the funny thing about this is like, it was not recorded live. They recorded in a studio and added a bunch of overdubbing yes. like audience applause. It sounds very like obviously. that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very faked, but uh, recorded in real time with no lyrics, no plan. No, huh. uh, there are no lyrics to this. He's just screaming nonsense at the top <laughs> of his lungs. So I love the idea that like, when I taped that MTV news special on my like VCR and I showed it to all my friends, I'd be like, Oh, there's my favorite band right there. And they're playing joy through movement. Right. It, it's funny. Cause when I first saw it, I was like, is that dogwood? It's so heavy, but yeah, yeah that makes sense. But it's like, uh, uh, they, they don't actually sound like that. What they actually sound like is in the line of fire. <laughs> right. Let's hear that one. Uh, geez. What am I going to do? Like I can't, yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's a, I didn't die a natural death. Oh. Yeah. It would have been funny if they cut to them. They're just like, abortion. Adoption. <laughs> um, I, okay. So in conclusion, I yes. love this record. This record uh, was amazing for a lot of reasons because it just like, it was so unbridled in the playing style, the messiness of it. And most importantly, the relatability of it to like mm. a kid, a kid who's like, I want to get into being a punk rock band. What could I aspire to? this bar is like when you're learning how to play the drums in middle school you're like oh you know what i just need to do if i just play faster and more notes and more fills and more cymbal splashes i'll be like just like that band that i heard on a cd (laughs) you know what i mean having no context for and i think i i sent you guys our like record yeah this band is so important to me that i named uh, a whole album after all hands on deck because that uh, song was so monumental to me. And the record mm-hmm. that I wrote, and quite frankly, the way that I learned to sing was like, if I belt it out like Josh, I'll eventually get close to the note. Right. I'll dance around it enough to think that I'm singing in key long enough to make this album sort of. I'm gonna go ahead and say that you sound better than him on, on your I, album. I so. appreci- Did you play any of it at all? Or have you guys- uh, I think we should. We'll, we have we'll, we'll play some after your depart. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you can play it, but the singing style is very reminiscent and the playing style is reminiscent of Dogwood for a lot of reasons because it was so informed. Like, uh, sure. it, the bar was never set for me at Jackson Mold as a guitar player. Right. Or I mean, a that's a tough at, bar. That's tough. That's tough. Um, it was never achievable. You know right, what I mean? Right. And and all of the Betty Rocket band sounded way too sloppy to even want to sound like them. They, they were just like, these guys can't keep time at all. Sure. Uh, but Dogwood is like a perfect medium. And then they just got better album after album after album. Yes, yeah, so they did. For Absolutely. like a, for a, just like an introduction to this band. Uh, and, and, and it's something that's like, Oh, I kind of like what's going on here. I want to know more. I want them to make more records and then to have them sign to tooth and nail right after this record. Uh, and they made this independent record and tooth and nails like, we'll scoop it up. That was like the biggest day of my life. The highlight of my life was finding out Dogwood was signed to tooth and nail. Cause it meant mm-hmm. more, music probably recorded better and probably uh but at the end of it i think we should call josh and get him on the phone and on the pod because he'll be down for it he'll be saying we to should listen to these and hear get him it. on the pod absolutely yeah, man. um i'm down same uh what what song should we play from your band oh the album um, is called all hands on deck right it's called all hands on deck yeah, yeah. I, I think sincerely your father would be fine okay 
there's some okay. heavy songs like like dogwood the class of 68 songs all about my dad it's right really somber but yeah beautiful at the same time but uh i like sincerely father because it sounds the most like dogwood you could listen to okay. it and be like okay i get this cool yeah. we will do that hey buddy thank you so much for joining us for this so fun um, you're the best i think it was really helpful to have you on for this episode as kind of our on-ramp to dogwood so In absolutely defensive. That's, the <laughs> that's right from san diego i love these yeah, guys. Man. All right. Yeah. All right, fun. Jason. Thanks, man. Yep. Good night. Talk to you soon. See ya. To our bullshit back to that bullshit bro <laughs> uh thanks uh, to our boy jason yes um so Where are we here we are this the at just because the song just that because. he's that he song he called completely pointless <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, this is nothing to me is more uninteresting than just singing along to the same melody as the guitar. Yeah, it's just boring. It's very boring. Yeah. And, you know, any, I, I'm, I don't like putting, putting upon the, the writer of the song, the assumption of what they're talking about. Right. But when I hear I'm a weak man, I'll do it again. Battle with my flesh. You know, yeah. I can't help but think this is just more like self-hatred for masturbation. Yeah. I mean, I mean can, is, can it really be anything else other than lust or masturbation? I guess, you know, you can just call sort of human sin like the, the problems of the flesh or whatever, but that's eh, probably that. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I, it just seems to me like, I don't know, maybe that's just my own experience about like how, how they would, how it was talked about. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, either way, it's also, it's just about how he's a failure and how much he sucks and just like another one of those songs. It's like, yeah. All right. Um, I'm no Superman. The S on my chest is for sin. 
yes, salvation, because uh, I confessed. Sure. Um, <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, the man without sin. I'm laughing already. This is a three-minute song. I was gonna. In my notes, I have like some of these songs are just too long. Like I might be okay with them if there were two minutes, but a lot of them are three or four or longer, and they just yeah. become a slog. And yeah. yes, just the song is already a bummer. But then when it's like the lyrics are just so clunky and on the nose and his voice doesn't modulate at all. It's not told with any poeticism. It's just like, oh man, this is still going. Yeah. Um, So this is something, John, that I'm curious about. And this is something that I've been thinking about as we, you know, you have talked about how you've been sort of on the periphery of evangelicalism Mm -hmm. and, um, and you grew up in the Episcopal church where, you know, the Episcopal church is not necessarily known for like altar calls and pressuring people into salvation and and that sort of thing. So I just, I'm curious as someone who identifies as a person of faith, what, how you feel about like, I mean, just like aside from the, um, as you said, just being sort of on the nose, like how do you, how do you just in general feel about these kinds of songs that are just um, kind of a representation of the larger faith that you are a part of? Like bummed out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I, if somebody is able to capture effectively or poetically or in a meaningful way something about the gospel that is something that <laughs> i might resonate with or move me or i'm glad that it exists if, if there's a unique way to represent something that i find meaningful about the gospel or about yeah the sermon on the mount or christ's message or whatever but like it ain't this um yeah it's it seems yeah. to be an emphasis on the ways that jesus is talked about is largely as a salvific character rather than uh, an agent of change or an agent of justice or an agent of love. It's more about like, um, I'm terrible, but Jesus still loves me. I'm terrible, but Jesus died for me. Um, Jesus uh, is good. I am not good. Um, And, and that, that seems to kind of be, the emphasis and not like on Jesus, the transformer of, right. of like a tr- transformative love. 
Yeah. Um, I just sort of thought about like uh, Jesus as like uh, an Autobot there for a second. Jesus the Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> like um, Jesus disciples. is like. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He uh, Jesus is like a man and then he like transforms into like a crossbot or something like that. <laughs> Fired nails. Oh man, that sounds um, sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's they're like there he is. Go get Jesus. He's in Gethsemane and he's like, foolish Robins. <laughs> my time has only begun. Um, I have not even assumed my final form. <laughs> final form. Yeah. Um, so going to hell. <laughs> uh, hell's not real. Um, uh, um, come at me, well, listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm on my stairway to sin, bro. Yeah. Gotta get out of there. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, even as a kid, I felt like this, I may have wanted to hear songs about Jesus, but it, they weren't songs that started out, Jesus, the man without sin. Like, even then I wanted to hear it with a little more poetry, maybe like Jesus from second one, just like, <laughs> who are we singing about? Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't if know. the it, song title itself didn't give it away. Right. It's funny because there are... There is a song, a hidden track at the end of this that we'll get to <laughs> yes. that essentially makes fun of like Christian songs. It's, um, it's, uh, it is a sort of self-parody of Stairway right. to Sin. Yeah, I, and I'm like, I guess you're aware of the fact that like you sing some of these songs that you're kind of making fun of. So anyway, yeah. on right. the nose. Who am I to say who deserves what? Long title. It's, it's also... Uh, a clunky title. It's very clunky. Ooh. What's going on here? Getting a little emo. I'm expecting some like wind chimes any second. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this I I think there is a lot. Of, I like the lyrics in this song um, largely, and I the thing that bums me out is that I just don't think it's executed well. There, I think their intros are way too long. They yes, could they could long. they could cut off like forty five seconds of every song yes. by really just like 
getting into the intro, getting in like just we don't need the 30 seconds of right repetitive chords at the beginning. Um so uh so basically this is calling out Christians and s- saying like you guys are liars. You're singing songs about how everything is fine and you are performing Christianity. This is not real. You are pretending that nothing is going on as evidenced by this entire album talking about a whole series of fucked up things right. that is happening in his world, in his friends, in this band. And I think this is this is a, this is very much on par for uh like what we've talked about with five iron just like calling out the mainstream church as like we've got some serious things and things that are going on in our families and you're pretending like everything's fine and that's bullshit yeah i there's a lot to unpack with these lyrics. Yes. I mean, it was like what we were just talking about where they kind of make fun of Christian songs at the end of the album. You know, they have this verse, all the Christian songs all sound the same. All they do is condescend and condemn. And I'm like, damn, right on. But obviously I'm with them on this, but it's just interesting coming from the same band that just did a song like Patriotic Pride, where it's like, you're in hell and you deserve it, bro. Um, I just think it's a weird kind of, mishmash um and then later he's like we've got problems galore the holy spirit brings us guilt more and more and i'm like is that ironic like that is not what the spirit is supposed to be doing no (laughs) bringing people guilt i don't really get that that Um, that is a curious line and (laughs) almost like a uh uh an admission of something i don't i don't i don't know if it's if it's if we take it at face value, it is a very curious way to think about the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, it's a real bummer of a way to. <laughs> if that's how he thinks of the Holy Spirit, that that really bums me out. Yeah. Um, and then it it also takes another sort of interesting turn to the perspective of a non-Christian for a minute, where it's he's like his Christian friend is telling him that he's going to hell. Um, which I guess is good that like the songwriter is aware of that. Um, But like, yeah, like I'm not sure what you're telling your friends is helping them establish a loving and lasting relationship with God though. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. It seems, he says, I can't witness by keeping my mouth shut as sort of a defense of being like, I'm going to tell all my friends they're going to hell unless they, listen to what I'm saying, but I'm like, I don't know. I've, I've talked about the St. Francis quote on the pod before of, you know, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. Or I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like very focused on action in your life. And yes. I don't know. I just, I, I, the whole song is like an interesting mix of a bunch of ideas that I'm kind of like, I don't know how this all works together, but. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. It's there, there, this is, this is what I'm saying. Like what I was saying earlier that I like when I talk about elements, elements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and am I, I, I guess I'm just like identifying the <laughs> like glimpses the good, of good, the stuff. good, the good yeah. parts of that. I feel like musically, I actually mostly like this. I mean, as you said, the intro is too long, but it's kind of doing something different. Um, and then they kind of do like a breakdown and the bridge that go into like 
fast lyrics and a fast final verse. Um, I like that. Yeah. That's cool to me. It's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool um, enough. So, uh, family values, if we think about family values, if we, okay, if we look at Joy Through Movement as sort of like a joke song followed by like a fake secret track, which we'll get to a little bit of an explanation about that. Yeah. Like is family value to sort of end things. It is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Of I had a, the same of a song to live, live on, to end on. So yeah. Yeah. It's also one of the longest songs on the record. Yeah. It's four minutes and eight seconds. Oof. Speaking of a slog. Yep. Long intro. Let's go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> One, two, three, go. Fifty-three seconds. That's when the lyrics start. That's when the lyrics start. Yeah. Um. They could have started the song. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Or even like right there. The just start right there. Yeah. Start right there. I support it. So I know these aren't about his, these aren't his like right. circumstances, but like if I were having a song written about my trauma, I, I, this is the second song where he's re- referred to the abusive father as a loving dad or like mm. a loving father. And yeah. I don't know if he's trying to juxtapose the horror of yeah. the father by being like, here's the loving dad or whatever. Right. But for, for me, like it just that I just sort of wince at at that. It just doesn't yeah. work for me <laughs> that that talking about it that way. Yeah. I uh, man, I really struggle because I'm like, as we were just saying with abortion, like I don't necessarily need a teenage boy to sing a song about abortion. Like 
but I do appreciate a teenage boy singing a song about like the victim of abuse in a certain sense. But again, like so many songs on this record that deal with these heavy themes, while I might commend them for trying to tackle some of the stuff, as you were saying, that was sort of like, you know, not typically talked about in the Christian culture world. Yeah, right. They just don't have the chops like lyrically, vocally, musically to make them meaningful very often <laughs> um, at this point. And I also just like, it's a sad time we live in. Little girls grow up scared of their dad. I'm like, is this really about the time? We're like, is that any different now than it ever has been? Like, I don't, yeah. that's just kind of a strange thing. Um, I like most of it musically. Like those little moments, like the, what sounds like a double bass drum, you know, that Jason was talking about, the sound yeah. that goes into the chorus. That's really cool. I wish there were more of those kind of flourishes. Um it slows down at the end and that sounds kind of cool, but at that point we're past four minutes and I just want it to be over. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, so I don't know. It's, it's another kind of interesting one. Yeah. I, I would have not this it's when you put like one of the heaviest songs next to the goofiest song. Yeah. It's an odd <laughs> juxtaposition. It is a strange juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, so let's hear a little joy through movement and then the the non-secret secret track. <laughs> yes. Hello out there. We're Dogwood, everyone. Came a long way to play for you tonight. Show you some, some fun music. <laughs> this goes out to our brothers back home, DOD and NIV, and anyone else who's in it for the hardcore scene for Jesus. So let's do this. Check one, two. Song even. <laughs> Let's get up, people. This is what you say when you want to be. God! Let's get! Let's get this song! You want to be! You say it! You made it! You need everything to me! You are you! You are me! You know the world you want to go! Even though this is nonsense, it rules. It sounds pretty great. <laughs> um, there's there's also this point at the end. <laughs> See you next year. Thank you. See you next year. <laughs> See you next year. Here. <laughs> And sorry, I dropped your taco in the fryer. Um, it's funny because it's like... This, this, this comes out of my paycheck. If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. Um, yeah, I like... W- at first, I was kind of like, this sounds fake. Is this real? And by the point that he's like, they're introducing the band, and then he's like, see you next year. I'm like, under what circumstances would they take the stage to play one song? So this is obviously fake, but yeah, I agree. It's very funny to hear from Jason that there's just like no words, and they're just improvising this. Right. Um, And that it was apparently like part of their set and stuff, like we saw in that Time Fest video. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think it's great. (laughs) So here's a little bit of a context about... So this little fake acoustic ballad uh-huh. was supposed to be like one of those secret tracks that was like deep into the record. Sure. But it literally starts five seconds after yeah, the end 
of joy through movement. It's kind of like two jokey hidden tracks back to back. Yeah. But, uh, and, and something that he said that Josh said was, I, I told him like, I'm like, I think this is hilarious. I, I thought it was amazing. And like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we did too. We thought it was the funny, the yeah, funniest thing, the funniest thing in the world. It goes on uh, longer than you think. <laughs> Three minutes and 40 seconds. Not sure. It's just begun. The steps of sin. The stairway to sin action. If I had known what was to come. <laughs> like these backup vocals. Rain stick. I want to I want to get to the part where it gets I'm like a Christian You know I'm a Christian <laughs> yeah that's pretty genuinely great yeah it's it 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 falls into the category of of like i think of when i think of just absolute absurdity hidden tracks i think of bands like newfound glory like their sure. early albums they had just like ludicrous voices and just like yeah. lots of jokey stuff. And I, and that was the kind of stuff that I lived for as a kid. Right. I loved having that yeah. kind of stuff you're, like that. You're a weird Al. You're a weird Al guy. Yeah, man. I love it. It's just, it's, I like taking the serious with the silly. They're having a laugh. <laughs> you having a laugh. Um, yeah. I, it's actually funny. The first time I listened through it, I was like, are these songs joking? Because as we said, these are not jokey guys, the rest of the album. It does not have like that jovial SoCal vibe for the rest of it. It's very heavy. Um, so it kind of made me relieved that they were like yeah. taking the piss out a bit at the end there. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so yeah. I wanted to read, because uh, I, I wanted to get a sense of like what the consensus is among yeah. fans about about this record. I mean, obviously it means something to Jason, but I wanted to see what, if I could find any reviews for this record. Mm -hmm. And, um, there, (laughs) Jeff on Amazon, Mm. bomb album, good theology, (laughs) bro, bomb album, (laughs) (laughs) far more theologically correct than most modern quote unquote Christian music today. Oh boy. Um, here, here's an interesting qualification. If you were in your 40s and used to skate and like skate style punk, get this. <laughs> if you're in your 40s, uh, yes, our core demographic. <laughs> and John, I think uh, I think you will agree with this 
um, five stars through thick and thin. The brainchild of geniuses. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This, This album by Dogwood is without a doubt one of the most convicting punk albums ever produced. Not only is it a vocal, musical, and lyrical masterpiece, Dang. but these songs throw your life into a whole different perspective. Wow. Uh, I have never listened to an album that has caught my attention and captivated my mind from the moment I pushed play like this one did. By the end of the first song, I was hooked, and by the end of the CD, I was bawling my eyes out. Uh, hey, I don't want to... Yuck that guy's yum. I'm That's not great. yucking this guy's yum. I, uh, this is like, but I do think the one part that I do find a bit funny is it is a French allergy. Just no, the a vocal masterpiece. Mm. I mean, let's, um, Maybe he was joking. <laughs> n- n- no, he's, uh, no, this, this like, is by the end, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, real vocal masterpiece. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's calls. Josh Kimball, lyrical genius, and um, you know, so the, and this was uh, this is written in two thousand one. Um, All right. So this and uh, so I mean, there there are a lot of people who um, um, people are like, this album was so awesome in high school. This album is great. Simply one of their best. Um. So, I mean, there for for people who are uh, Dogwood fans, this seems to be um, one that they like. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you and I would have felt differently back in the day, but I'm glad we could get some a little bit more perspective from. Yeah. From Jason. And- for sure. Yeah, I was glad he was with us. I there's a lot about. Like I said, this is probably my least favorite album we've ever talked about so far on the podcast. Having said that, my top three, I, I genuinely love those songs, and there are others that I like a lot. So I think there's plenty here that suggests uh, the promise that they have uh, to come. Which you we'll definitely get to next. don't like Through Thick and Thin. Um, <laughs> no, not so much. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's bro, great. It's you're your my brother. <laughs> hey, man. You're my, what does he say? Uh, uh, your companion my, yeah, you're, you're my companion um, <laughs> alright companions let us know what you think about Through Thick and Thin very curious to hear people's opinions you can do that at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or review we will read your Apple Podcast review on the pod you can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. You can support us over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. And this week, we want to welcome new Patreon punk, Eli Salazar. Welcome, Eli. Um, Eli has been a listener for a while, I feel like. I, I feel yeah. like I, he's been commenting on our stuff for a long time, so very That's glad true. to have his support. Yes. Uh, this week on the Patreon, you can hear us talking about uh, D&D and Pogs and <laughs> various <laughs> other things. Um, yeah, but it's a good time. And, and starting next week, we will be covering uh, those uh, Dogwood records that we're not covering on the main feed, so check that out. You can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com com getting more pics of people wearing their season three merch in open up that open up them pit uh, that's right 
the <laughs> shirts. I, I, my 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 brain just <laughs> broke down mid sentence. Yeah, it was, like that I, was not a brainchild of geniuses. Your sentence there. <laughs> um, I think I, I was having a stroke there. <laughs> you open up the, the open up the pit. Yeah. Uh, what what am I trying to sink? Tanks, tank tops. Yeah, shirts, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like motioning to John that like it's it's a shirt, but it ain't got no sleeves on it. What do they call it? Oh, yeah. oh my god! I'm looking at my notes, so I wasn't uh, watching your charades. <laughs> Sorry, man. it's um, it's one word. <laughs> sounds it's, like it's giant military one. vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, anyway, keep those coming. Um, thanks to this week's guest, Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next week when we'll cover Dogwoods more than Conquerors. Oh, good. I'm a Christian. On the radio. Lord, I need your help. <laughs> Keeps going. Play the mama song. Um. Please help me. Beautiful. I'm bawling my eyes out. <laughs> John, we, yeah, we 100% need to do like a spin off, step by step, full house. Jason's got to be yeah. part of this. Yeah, yeah 100%. Just, just, uh, we got a special guest tonight. This is Jesse <laughs> Frederick. He wrote all of those songs that you remember. That's my Casey Casey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next up. The singer hey. full house. Yeah. Um, Growing pains was like, how did that one go? Uh, um, show me as long as we've got each other. Show me the smile. We got the Don't waste another minute on house. you crying when no one needs it. No one needs the best is ready to begin. Ooh, ooh. Got each other. <laughs> is this is this rolling? Is this <laughs> this, is. this is this is the episode? Baby, day, rain or shine, all the time. This will have to go at the end of the episode. <laughs> For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.